everybody, welcome to Frame Trap, where we just got back from seeing Kingsglaive, Final <laughs> Fantasy XV. Yes. Uh, very enjoyable <laughs> experience, one way or another. Uh, <laughs> this week, I'm super excited about this panel. This week on the panel, we've got Kyle Bosman. Hi, everybody. Michael Huber. When does it, this goes up Monday, right? This goes up Monday. I hope Finn Balor is the champ. Just say it. He's the champ. He's the champ. Yeah. You're proud of him. Finn yeah, Balor beat Rollins. Match of the year. <laughs> I hope something terrible happens. I, I know it's gonna. I know it's gonna be a good episode when less than a minute in we say Finn Balor. Finn Balor. <laughs> Those two words come out. Uh, Ian Hink. Hi. And trying to hold it all together, I'm your host Ben Moore. Uh, something that I just find humorous, a little anecdote I want to share with you is. Uh, every off week on Frame Trap. So Frame Trap is a bi-weekly show, for those of you who don't know. Uh, I get tweets saying, when is Frame Trap coming back? And I thought we, like, maybe I've just done a bad job of saying that this is a bi-weekly show, but maybe, it's, maybe I always find it just a little bit Instead humorous. of bi-weekly, say it comes out every other week. Yep. Every other week on a Monday. But that's okay. I totally understand. Our, our schedule can get We just We throw a lot of information me. at the camera. We do. We do. It's, it's hard to keep onslaught. track of. And we have such long videos that mm-hmm. maybe getting to the point sometimes is a little bit difficult. Also, it's a good podcast and people just want it. People Wait, want it. Well, or they don't want to know when to avoid it. Okay. Tell me when I need to stay yeah. off the internet. Yeah. Uh, so getting started this week, we have a lot to talk about. I think uh, we're going to have many... Long discussions about many different things, and I think we're going to be on the opposite of the table sometimes, and that's okay. Ooh. Makes for a good show. Uh, so we're going to start, as we always do, with what you've been playing. And Kyle Bosman, starting at the end of the table, I am most curious about what you've been playing, because I think you've been talking about it the least. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I think I've been watching the Olympics for six hours a day. <laughs> it's very bad. I've been, st- probably more than that. I've been staying up till like 3 a.m. some nights. But what I'll do is I'll put PlayStation View on my phone, and still watch the Olympics while I play games. I've been playing a lot of No Man's Sky, uh, a lot of I Am Setsuna, which I talked about last time, a lot of Riptide GP Renegade, which I don't think we've yeah. talked about at all, but might say for a Huber syndrome. Yeah. Um, and on 3DS, I've been playing a game called Gata Protectors, which I think I could talk about. Gata Protectors? Gata Protectors. I yeah. think I'm most interested in Gata Protectors. Like, so cool. we've got to protect hers or the. Hers. Like, we're protectors. Gotta, uh, is so, gotta a prop is a pronoun? Mm, it's meant to be a silly Japanese title. Right. Gotta protectors. I love G-O-T-T-A it. space P-R-O-T-E-C-T-O-R-S. Gotta protectors. So that's uh, a 3DS game. It is uh, stylized like an NES game or almost a Game Boy Color game. Uh, just sprites that are limited to two colors, which I really like a lot. Oh, fun. Uh, it is basically... I would I would call it like a imagine a Musou game on NES. Uh, uh, Huber's flicking bugs off my hoodie. Thank you, Huber. Uh, <laughs> it's basically you just have to defend a base, or a, you know you have objectives of where to, a place to go. But most of the time, it's defend your castle. I think it's always defend your castle in the end, really, and just hordes of enemies that come at you, and you just have weapons that just you know take out hordes at a time. I love the game for the first hour. Oh, okay, that was... No. I was yeah, like waiting for that. Like, it's no. yep, yep, yep. or something? It is, uh... It gets brutally difficult. Oh, no. And, I mean, there is an easy mode. I could just switch to easy. Uh, but the grinding is weird. It's... The way I want to talk about this game, what I think is interesting about this game is I think that when you play a video game, you expect to unlock abilities at a certain pace. 
there's no fixed way to say, oh, I should, at this hour, I should have this many abilities, at this hour, I should have this many abilities. But to me, it's weird to play the game for three or four hours and, uh, and unlock only one new ability. Whoa. Mm-hmm. When you know there's more and more coming, and it shows you how many chapters there will be eventually. And so, that is extremely weird to me, the way that this game is paced. Pacing uh, issues. And, yeah, I don't even know issues. if you would call this pacing issues. I feel like it's design. I feel like it's mm-hmm. padding. I mm-hmm. feel like this game padding. was made to be huge, and it starts off so strong with its story and its level design, and it blows it up. It gets a little too big. Uh, it's a it's a portable game. It's it's fun for what the money I spent mm-hmm. on it. I can't praise it. I can't come on the podcast. I mean, and praise it. you said it's like a Musou game, right? Yeah. Dragon Quest Heroes is like the best Musou game I've ever played, and I couldn't get through it because there's just so much padding. Yeah, I, I don't even. Yeah. Yeah, I don't and even like, think the, yeah. Dragon Quest Heroes is a Musou game in a weird way. Like, that <laughs> might, might be why it's your favorite one. Yeah. It's because Dragon Quest Heroes, like, the structure of it, it's more of, like, a tower defense mm-hmm. rather than, than the, the typical Musou objectives. But even that is utilized too much. And so when you're playing it for long stretches of time, like, Dragon Quest Heroes is a game that I really loved, but there were moments where I was like, I have to step away from this. Yeah. Like, I just can't keep doing the same thing again and again. And for, for you to say that it's... In NES Muso, I would immediately <laughs> worry that something that is like simple, sometimes too much so on current generation consoles, would be egregiously simple yeah. uh, in that style. So, the dialogue's fun. Uh, okay, it's, it's it's actually like it kind of interesting in a way. Uh, it does a lot of uh, breaking that fourth wall, winking at itself, which I hate big time. Mm. Just like, eh, well, this is this kind of video game. Just like, shut oh. up, don't do that, don't ever do that. Did you ever play Who's Retro laughing? City Rampage? No, is that full of that? I I want to have you play that game <laughs> yeah. just to see what happens. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. that's kind of different, though, because right, the whole point of that game is to be meta about other games. You can do that without saying you it, are a video game. Yeah, yeah. it is. I, I never yeah. played it, so I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It's. I just want... I think Kyle, Kyle would sum up my thoughts uh, on that game better than I could. I'll so. play the follow-up, uh, the Miami one. Okay. That looks cool. Yeah. I, I actually haven't seen anything on it, so... Sure. No idea. Uh, Kyle, let's dig in to No Man's Sky. So okay, uh, Whoa, we're doing this already. We go. We're doing this. Yeah, why not? It's what it's what Kyle's been playing. We're talking about what Kyle's been playing. Let's dig into it. Uh, yeah, and you we're can, all friends. Like, you can co-op on this. I'm sure. You I thought this was going to be like a, a table uh, discussion. A, a discussion of the episode. That's so. That's the thing is we've got so many things to, to talk about. The No Man's Sky can't even be the. Hotel. Oh my okay. wow. wow! God. Okay. So okay. All right. Yeah, I have this. things to say. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Kyle, I want I do Kyle want to get first. started with you though because I feel like, you know, throughout the course of No Man's Sky's life, uh, several different allies have said a lot about that game. Yeah. But I feel like you've kind of remained relatively reserved about it. So I'm now that you've played it, I'm curious what you think. Sure. Uh, this is a game I like very much. I think it's uh my policy on media blackout paid off big time with this game. Mhm. I'm so glad I didn't listen to the interviews and watch the trailers and uh, go on the message boards and talk about the possibilities of this game. Uh, <laughs> it is a, an entirely unique game. So the way we have to talk about this game is there are people who are watching this right now and listening to this right now who hate this game. And we kind of have to acknowledge them as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is weird to me. When I, say, when I look at the camera and say, I like this game, uh, I'm not saying you should spend $60 on this game. Uh, me personally, I like it very much. Yeah, I've never played a game like this, and I realize that 
I don't like survival games. I don't like games where it's like, don't starve. You know, uh, gather stuff. Don't starve is so good. Yeah. But it's annoying. Yeah. Games like that are annoying. Like, where you where the hunger meter is prohibitive. Like, where you have to eat. Like, I'm sorry I gave Don't Starve that okay. that voice. That good. was rude of me. Thank you. I don't like games like Don't Starve. I don't like survival games normally. I don't like uh, <laughs> Ark Survival Evolves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love going in space. I love having my own ship and feeling like that's my ship. Mm-hmm. And I love the feeling of going into a space station and there's some weird alien there. I did not know this game would have aliens. I didn't know that either. That was such a cool, fun thing to see. Yeah. That mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just having a good time adventuring through space, I guess. I'm getting to a point where uh, I do, don't feel progress. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, getting to more and more of what Atlas tells me to go to, mm-hmm. and it feels like I'm doing less and less new stuff. And so it, it is getting to the point where it's like, okay, show me. Show me what's next. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm there. I'm still digging in. I'm still loving it. I'm still playing it. Definitely. Uh, I've only... Uh, Ian, you're going to have a ton to say. I don't have that yeah, much to yeah, say because yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm not super far into it. Um, but I, I love it so far. I'm just not far enough to like have a great discussion about it. Sure. But from the first... Because like, all the criticism I've heard has been like, well... Once you get, you know, 20, 30 hours in, it's just the same thing over and over. And that's, like, the main criticism I've heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but from the beginning that I've played, I'm, like, maybe seven or eight hours in. Um, I love it so so far as well. And, and just, like, going up and seeing the aliens on the ship and, like, learning the languages. I love like, it. Like, I'm such a completionist, too. So this game is... Oh, a, you'll never, ever. This game yeah. is an absolute nightmare for me. Yeah. Because every time I get to a planet, I'm like, well... I'm gonna walk around this entire planet. So like, the the way I play games, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, it's <laughs> I'm going to have to have like Brad next to me saying, "Move on, move on, move on." He's like really good about like I think you'll making get me there. go. Once you once you <laughs> recognize the patterns, I think you'll get there. Yeah, like I've now I've gotten to the point where well, I'm sorry, you keep going. No, I was just saying the the languages thing is my favorite part. Again, media blackout I had no idea like any of this stuff was in there. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I, I again, I'm not far enough to know if maybe Ben can say if it's not a spoiler. I'm not far enough to know if the criticism about the repetitive nature at the end mm-hmm. also has to do with the learning languages because learning languages seems like it would take to, forever. You're to, not to meant explain to, to learn all every word. To explain can to people what a learning languages maybe. means in the context of the game, though, yeah. is there are three alien races. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe more. Who knows? I think there are three. Uh, There's sometimes puzzles. You walk into a room and there's a puzzle for you or a dialogue. Somebody will talk to you Mm -hmm. and you'll see highlighted in blue in English or whatever language you speak, Mm -hmm. uh, listener, uh, that uh, you will understand some of it. And so basically that feels like progress. Mm -hmm. The more languages you pick up, the, the easier those puzzles will be to solve. And the more you'll be able to communicate with people and actually give them what they want. Like, just, like, e- even on, like, a emotional level and, and just beyond, like, simply progressing in the game, learning, like, leveling up your language skill. It's, yeah. like, learning to communicate with the universe. And I'm just... You want to you wanna hack? If you, yeah. uh... So, if you talk <laughs> to a person in a, in a station or wherever, you know? Yeah. After the first little puzzle, um, you can alternate where... If you're standing as high enough with them, they'll say, uh, give me, request fuel, request healing, request shields, say fuel. So far, they've always given you carbon, which is what you need to talk to them every time. They give you, I think, more than 20 carbon. 
So you request fuel, and then the next one, the bottom one will be request new word. Um, oh. So you can just bounce back and forth between those two indefinitely, forever. You, you can grind those people? You can grind those people. What? Oh, so you can I did it? not know that. You learn yeah. every language? Well, I mean, like that? It, it would take forever. but It would take like, five hours of straight But the grind. faster way to do it is what? Atlas interfaces and, like... That's the thing. The longer you play this game, you you see the patterns. And Did like, the patch fix that? I don't know. The patch that just happened, I'm not sure what was that in it, but like there was some me. new there was some new um, materials I hadn't seen that were referencing freighters and base buildings. So I was like, what? Yeah, Whoa. That's, they, that, that's that's what they've come out and said with yeah. the day one patches. That that's what they're working that's what on. They're next working is on the yeah. base yeah. building. I just didn't know if it was in there yet. Freighters, yeah. What I want is a is a ship that you can be flying. And then step away from the cockpit and walk around on your ship and, like, go back to your little quarters and, like, go back to this and that. Like, that would be awesome. I think your tiny ship would need to dock into dock that ship. Dock into yeah. that ship. Because that ship to, wouldn't be able to land. The ability to have multiple ships would be sweet. Mm. Yeah. Um, your, like, garage. Your, yeah. Your freighter yeah. garage. You fly in, like, a station. Yeah. yeah. It'd be oh, great. Okay. Oh, but, yeah. like, uh... Let's hear it, Ian. All right, so... I'm excited. I like this game. <laughs> uh, you know... I, I love this game. I like it. I think it's fun. I think that, uh, yeah, once you start, once you look at it for too long, you see the patterns. You say, like, oh, I've seen that exact plant on three planets. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I've seen that creature before. But then sometimes you land on a planet and, like, this giant Tyrannosaurus turtle that's, like, eight times bigger than you walks by, and you're like, whoa! And, you know, so, like, there's still fun stuff to discover. And, like, the thing is, like, I know I'm saying like a lot. Just get used to it. Um, it's California, baby. I get, I give it a pass in that regard because of the nature of the game. It's in, it's a quote unquote infinite universe, and it's based on algorithms. And for that to work in a satisfying way, it kind of has to be the way it is. Um, like I would love for there to sometimes be planets with alien cities on them or whatever, uh, or uh, you know, I would love for there to be a planet that just like has some crazy thing on it and like maybe there are but for those to be rare enough to be interesting they would also be statistically nearly impossible to find so like it's it's a give and take and i think the game does a good job of like when you see these anomaly ships or whatever like things that dole out in certain you know things but i've Maxed out my exosuit slots. I've got a ship. I don't need a bigger ship. For my playstyle, I don't need another multi-tool. Like I've got I've had the opportunity to get way better multi-tools. I saw a thing um on whatever site that said a, a person played the game for 25 hours, maxed out their exosuit slots, their ship slots, and their multi-tool slots without ever leaving their first planet. And, like, everyone was like, isn't this cool? It's it's not tied to ex exploration. You can just do it in any way you want. And I was like, I was like, well, you ruined this game for yourself, friend. Because, like, <laughs> getting new slots and looking for drop pods and, like, trying to get better stuff is the, the game. game. There's nothing else for you to do now except for get to the center. And that's kind of what I've realized. And, like, I, I, I loaded up your review. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this as like a slight, but I loaded up your review and I like thought for slight incoming. No, no, slight no, incoming. no, 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 no. I just I I, I thought like, I like six. thought for like a good like a minute maybe if I wanted to watch it or not because I knew it would jade me hmm. on the game, and it did. But um, 
but like it was not the intention. No, Slight I know. Received. I just knew that it would to me because that's how I react to things. But I mean, did that offend you? That didn't. No, no, no. That's no. not. A I'm, I'm just joking. I yeah. really am. Uh, but like, uh, because it start, it showed me. Yeah, like okay, other people are having the same thoughts that I'm having about the negative aspects of this game. Mm-hmm. But the criticism I have on the criticism is. I, I have people are throwing out like time times like oh 15 hours in we got bored 30 hours in don't do the movie like, ticket thing eight hours no 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 I'm saying like <laughs> no I'm doing the video game thing <laughs> like Proteus which to me is a really close comparison to this game is an hour long yeah this game entertained me for way longer than mm-hmm. that uh, it's funny Uncharted when, Four is yeah. a 12 hour game it's yeah. a different experience so- obviously. But like, it's funny how ten hours in one game is more than enough, right? And ten hours in whereas game ten is hours like, in this game hell? is like, fuck this game! Yeah. I paid sixty dollars for this shit. Yeah. I I actually think something that a lot of the the criticisms haven't nailed, <laughs> including my own criticism, is that it, it's not about the amount of time and then you get bored. It's not like that. It's not. It's that at a certain point you see something and it actually kind of devalues what you initially saw. Which which is rare because I've played is games. It, is it the center of the galaxy or the Atlas interface? It, it's kind of everything, and so uh. the, the one thing that I mean, I've I've said a lot of my thoughts in the review, but something I want to say about about No Man's Sky, what, where it turned for me is I remember being in such a high, like I was texting you and being yeah. super enthusiastic and loving the game. Yeah, it, it was um, funny because Omar turned to me. <laughs> I, I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings. Slight. Slight. No, no, but I'm just saying, Omar turns to me and I was playing No Man's Sky and he's like, what do you think? And I'm like, I love it. And then and then he goes, Ben's going to give it like a three. <laughs> and I'm like, no, he said he really loves it right now. Yeah. And, then, and then Omar's like, nah. Remember though, when you review a game, yeah. you got to be, you got to be critical of yeah, like no, certain things. Yeah, yeah so. I think, I just think you have to be honest. I think yeah. if you can approach any review and be honest, then you've, you've accomplished goal, whatever you score it. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, what I wanted to say is I, I really liken my No Man's Sky experience to Wizard of Oz. And in The Wizard of Oz, there's this myth about the wizard and that you build it up. And I think when you're first playing No Man's Sky, you can kind of buy into that. It, yeah. it feels really exciting. You do have those moments with the Atlas interface, uh, with the, the black holes, with seeing the weird creatures. Mm-hmm. But then there's a moment, and I'm not saying it happens for everybody, and maybe it won't happen for everybody, but there was definitely a moment for me where it just all of a sudden it breaks and it doesn't just break one little thing it starts breaking the entire game right because when you first get that suit upgrade you're like yes awesome i need this so bad i'm constantly out of suit in resource spaces then you realize no there's actually an like these things are generated in an extremely predictable way i know exactly how to get like 10 more suit upgrades right now there is no discovery it's just like i just go and do this thing and it's very simple because this this algorithm is so predictable or when you go to a when you find a trade outpost that first time you find a trade outpost and an alien's there yeah and he's like all right let's trade with this guy what does he have to say oh he's part of this proud viking warrior race that's amazing and then you warp to another star system and you go to another trading outpost that has the like identical architecture and it has an alien that looks almost the same standing in the exact same spot and regardless of sometimes where they're you, in different spots yeah but i'm saying a lot of times <laughs> they they are in the same right. spot or you'll go to a built an abandoned building and it'll have like this creepy backstory. But then you go to another planet and it has another it's the exact abandoned. Same abandoned building. Yeah, and it's just I I just don't think there's enough there. And I, I it was really weird because I 
it got to the point where I'd be discovering things and there was no joy any, to it anymore because it yeah. was like somebody was presenting me something and they were just shuffling it around a little bit. Yeah. Not actually giving me something that, new to me. To that means is like, I think this game is more about the stories you make for yourself mm-hmm. than every gun tells a story. Yeah. Like, it, but it, like, I, yeah. I, like, I, I mean, as you hopefully watched on Easy Update uh, on Saturday, I, I, found a planet filled with these things called sack venom, which are these little pink balls that if you get too close to them, spikes shoot out. And they retail for like 40k a piece. Mm-hmm. And so I sat on this planet for an hour and I made 10 million units. And I just, I would go to a trading post that was, I found a trading post and I would sell all my stuff. I would fly like in a different direction, park, like within eye shot of the trading post, get all the things. And you have to fight sentinels every time you pick one up. Um, but yeah. right now there's a glitch where if you kill the cat sentinel in the right way it won't actually die mm-hmm. so then you get the maximum timer for the sentinels to go away so then you just do that first and then just collect a bunch and then go back to the trading post but um that was fun and yeah. then i bought a ship but then it was funny because uh like my ship has 29 slots on it and now i'm seeing ships that have 37 40 that retail for like 37 million units and i'm just like oh all right well yeah. <laughs> none of that matters the thing, the thing that gets me is, um, like, I finished the Atlas. I've done, I've done everything. I'm like now, I'm literally just trying to get to the center and landing if I need to build warp cores. So there's an end to the Atlas story, and there's then an there's, end to the there's Atlas basically story. a post game is get to the middle get of the galaxy. The, yeah, <clears throat> basically. Uh, but given how the what I was gonna say, given how the Atlas interface story ends, I have zero expectations. The the wow. center of the galaxy. It, as long as it doesn't just say this is a video game, like it was a sour note for me personally. Yeah. Wow. Um, the Atlas interface, like, oh, I'm not going to spoil it, but you know there are text prompts when you talk to things and when you go to the Atlas interfaces and tra la la. Um, and if you do the Atlas interface story and don't waste these things, you can do a thing at the end that's cool in theory, kind of. Except when you think about it in context of an infinite universe, it loses its meaning. But it, it just tells you a thing. It doesn't show you. It doesn't give you any information about it. I'm like, show me a little video or something of this happening. Like, Wait, should I keep my Atlas stones? Yes. Yeah. I've been selling those. Oh, then stop doing the Atlas story. Oh, no. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, they're so valuable, though. How many, you You're kept an them idiot. all? Yeah. No, you're, well, you're not an idiot. I, I was selling them first too, and a lot of people sell them at first. I mean, the th- the funny thing with this is it's like Souls, right? It's like Dark Souls. You're not an idiot. I, that was hard. Yeah. Um, it's like Dark Slight. Souls, where it's like never slight count. We're at three. Never, yeah. never <laughs> sell your boss souls because you can always get more souls. You can always go yeah. to a planet and sell a bunch of emerald. I always sell them at the very last boss. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like all right. Something baby. you brought up that I, I think is an interesting point is you know your favorite thing about the game is. It, you telling your own stories or it enabling you to tell your own stories and th- that's my favorite thing in games when yeah. uh, a game when its systems work in such a way that you want to go to your friends and you want to be like this crazy thing happened to me yeah. I absolutely adore it I and that can definitely happen in No Man's Sky in No Man's Sky I've, I've had moments where the system stack in such a way I'm like oh that was a cool moment but I don't I think all of the systems are shallow to the point that it doesn't happen maybe as frequently as I would like because you guys were talking about the survival aspect and I don't think it needs to happen all the time but I, I feel like No Man's Sky just rarely 
pushes you, like you're never at risk. You 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 get to a point very quickly where once you kind of understand how the game plays, you honestly feel like a god. Um, yeah, I've I, I didn't die even, even in space at, battle. Even in space battle. Wow. Space yeah. battle. I've or I, that was just my experience. The only time I've ever died ever is in space battle, and that was like. I don't know. I don't know how. I have no idea how long I've been playing this game, but that was like an. Ex- you'd beaten the game and the review was up before I'd ever died, and I started playing the game before you did. Mm. So like, I'd never died at all until I did because I got a new ship and I had no weapons at all. Because <laughs> I was like, screw this, I don't need this. Um, and then I got blown up. But like dying, you don't lose anything. It's you lose whatever's on your ship. So and like, I can taken- go back and get it. Yeah, you can retrieve but, your. But aren't the bad guys still there? So you're just gonna die again? No, they leave. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, but, like, the funny thing is now when I get into a fight... Like, last time I got into a fight, I just started taking all the valuable stuff off my ship and putting it under my own inventory. That's and then funny. I fought them anyway and won. So I was like, oh, I guess my ship is good now. Um, but, I, yeah. I think it's kind of a seesaw argument for me because, you know, if you say, well, you know, I don't think this game pushes back enough or is challenging enough or, or changes enough over time in terms of difficulty, like... Then you could say, well, it's just supposed to be a chill-out, explore-space game. And then the argument for me is, well, I don't... I think you get to a point fairly quickly where there's not that much worth exploring. And weird, so it just kind of... The weird thing to me is, I like, there's a really easy way for them to make the game progress. And it's that... And maybe it does this? I don't know. But the closer to the center, the weirder things should get. They, the they said that that happens. And I noticed that a little bit. I I've was, noticed, like... Yeah, maybe I've found a few more rare items and the Sentinels are more aggressive, but... Also, Atlas passes are prohibitively obtuse. Like, I didn't realize that you had to bust into pointless operation centers to try to get Atlas Pass blueprints. I thought I had to find those ships because the first one gave me an Atlas Pass. So I was like, oh, that's how you get Atlas Passes. Cool. How do you get more? You You have to bust into operation centers... And hope that you get that blueprint. Oh, I just gotta it's look RNG. Out. Sure, sure, sure. They're, they're actually... I've heard multiple ways of getting Atlas Passes. Really? Yeah. Though, yeah, I looked it up because I was like, how the hell do I not... Ha- I have literally beaten this game without... I haven't gone to the center of the galaxy, but, like, right. I've, I've, I've hit the wall and I don't Your have Atlas Pass V2 or 3. <laughs> ben, have you ever played Nobi Nobi Boy? I have. That thing we talked about just now where lots of goofy stuff occurs and you want to tell stories about it? Yeah. I had more of those with Nobi Nobi Boy than I had with this game. Absolutely. To me, that's... Maybe this game would require aliens who just simply walk around. You know, interactivity beyond yep. uh, dialogue that was already pre-written. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think that's what it would require for it to be like a, oh, this crazy thing happened to me. To be honest, I can't tell you on this podcast a crazy thing that happened to me while I played this game. And it's weird because I feel like, and I'm not saying every game has to be like this, but imagine if you could just fly your ship over a, a trading outpost on a planet and just blow it up, or and having like the aliens get mad at you. And can then suddenly, you have never tried fighting them? Not, not really. You can yeah. fight the freighters out in space. You can, yeah. And you can and get, they get mad at you. Yeah. But Do you that's get it. anything for that? <laughs> Do they just blow you out of the sky and then it's over? No, you, they got some rare uh, materials on there that they're shipping around. And you can, like, shoot them and then, like, basically, like, Metroid, you pull up the items. Uh. But anyway, keep going. No, it's just... I mean, maybe that was a poor uh, example there that mm-hmm. I just said with the train outpost. But I'm just... It, it, the, your interactivity with the world feels very limited sure. uh, in ways that, that maybe you wouldn't expect. Um, for me, No Man's Sky... You you know how I play video games. Yeah, absolutely. All lights off, headphones. Yeah. Total darkness. For me, No Man's Sky is a Sunday afternoon game. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pull open the, sh- the shade, like pull them open, open a window, just chill out and cruise in space. Put yeah. the Olympics think, on uh, your phone. Exactly. And I think, uh, Kyle, you, you nailed it too. You're having so much fun with it because you kept your expectations in check. You know, you didn't look at it. You went media blackout. You didn't assume what the game would be. Sure. Yeah. Um, I still, it's funny, Deus Ex is kind of a hot topic right now, but I still, and, and Witcher 2, to an extent, is, I tried to stop. Witcher 2 or Witcher also? Witcher 2. Ah. I assumed that those games would be something that they didn't turn out to be, mm. and those are two of my favorite games, but I kind of, like, disappointed myself because I put these, like, weird right, thoughts and right, expectations. Right. I was like, these, this is going to happen, you know? And then when that doesn't happen, you're yeah. really disappointed. Yeah. And I think that's a huge thing with No Man's that's, Sky that's right what now. Ha- like, this I is d- not I a hardcore space that happened to me, though. Like, with No Man's Sky. Uh, yeah, I, think I, it don't, I don't. all the detractors, though. I feel like I'm a detractor, and I went in because I you did I did you see were a lot so of that. hyped and yeah, ready, I, yeah I was hyped but I I honestly had no idea what it was going to be and so yeah. I didn't say I want this out of No Man's Sky yeah uh, but you're right there were a lot of people that were like all right they were like telling their space stories already and I'm right, like, oh, right, dude, right. the game isn't even out yeah it's not a hardcore so. space sim it's an art game yeah. I'm just uh, really yeah I'm but really like, hoping that you know. The game is maybe down, but it's certainly not out. Yeah, Destiny totally. the Taken King. Yeah, totally. Was redemption for Destiny when Destiny came out. It's a very similar situation. Everyone was like, "Dude, Destiny is going to change video games. I'm going to be playing Destiny for the rest of my life." And it's like, you beat that game in five hours. Yeah, you know. And then the but first some people three DLCs are still playing. you beat in like twenty. Minutes. Well, and people, of course, people still played it. They did the raid and whatnot. But the the casual Destiny player, you know, beat the story and was kind of like, "Well, that's it." That made Taken no sense. King came out many months later and has completely changed that that game structure and the, the way the game is played. They added side quests and all this. And I think No Man's Sky is just getting started. A year from now, No Man's Sky is going to be bonkers. Yeah. Huber, I think I, you bring up a really good point because I th- a lot of people get cynical with the way games are changing. And they're mm-hmm. like, you know, I want it to be amazing day one. I'm spending this money on And you know what? They're totally right for saying that. I think mm-hmm. if you spend money on a product and you're disappointed or angry or whatever, like those are totally legitimate feelings. But in a way, it's it's kind of a cool thing because in a different era... The games that were disappointing or underdelivered or just flat out bombed for whatever reason, That's that would be it. it. That would be yeah, that would be their mark in history. Yeah. And now we have a chance for it not to be that way. And I yeah. think that's kind of cool. Totally. In its own way. Well, uh, I'm like, Ben, when you played through Battletoads, yeah. and you said this game would be legendary if this level wasn't so hard. Yeah. I'm positive you were right. Imagine if they patched that third level. Yeah. 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 Like how much that would change your impression of that game. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Um, there is something important that, that I want to cap off the No Man's Sky discussion with, that's okay. Sure. Um, in light of uh, this No Man's Sky stuff, I'm, I apologize that I keep messing with my phone. I'm doing it for, like, show stuff, so uh, I, I'm sorry if that seems rude, but it's kind of a necessary evil. It's got a timer on there. Yeah, I got a timer on there. I got to keep track of it. Uh, something I want to cap this off with is, with the No Man's Sky stuff, people have justifiably gone back to that old E3 2015 uh, No Man's Sky discussion between myself... Ian Hink, Michael Huber, Brandon Jones. Um, and there's something that I want to say. Discussion. Uh, <laughs> Screaming match. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's kind of the point I want to speak to is <clears throat> I said things that, that weren't, like, only about No Man's Sky. I was trying to talk about, like, how games are structured and how, like, a lack of pointing you in the right direction can be a very cool and fulfilling thing. 
But I did it in like a needlessly aggressive, like totally immature <laughs> way. Like it's one of those videos that like I hadn't seen since last year, and I went back and watched it. It's like I sound like that. Like I sound like like you just. It's one of those videos where you watch yourself and you don't like yourself. Uh, and so I want to video for me. Every video. For me. <laughs> yeah. No so video for I'm me. Like, oh you know, God. a lot of people. <laughs> I'm so annoying. Were were angry at me for the way that I presented myself, and I want you to know that I, like I'm angry for the way that I presented myself, and so like. I, I totally get where you're coming from, and, like, there were meaningful things to say there, and I think there was a point, and I just, like, totally squandered it with a shitty attitude. So, I apologize for It was that. the end of a 13-hour day. Yeah. yeah. We've been in context. Forever. Yeah. yeah. There, there was... E3. And it's, it's passion. It's you E3. Know, if you get that angry about a video game, it means you care. It means yeah. you love what it. What happens so E3 much. stays in E3. All yeah. those yeah. things came to my mind. Like, I, that was immediately what jumped in my head. I was like, man, like, that was a day where I was just totally run ragged, and, like, I was on edge for a bunch of different reasons. <laughs> but then it made me realize, like, it, like, you, that doesn't matter. Like, when that video goes on the air... That's you don't get to like wash it away with that. You yeah, yeah. whatever you put out there, you have to be responsible for. And it like was this really important moment for me where it's like, yeah, like you don't just get to delete that, you know. And, and it made me realize that what you say, you have to. It's kind of scary for. because sure, yeah. like celebrities <laughs> can be good people for twenty years, and then uh -huh. they say one weird thing out mm -hmm. of context, and that's what everyone remembers him for like oh he's on yeah. my blacklist F totally yeah totally it's kind of scary that, that's what the audience <laughs> does and you know you you have to just take it and and recognize when you mess up so yeah uh, that's like my greatest fear is like trying to trying to live a good life and then like one day i make some joke about like yeah. something you know untoward yeah and then like just never again and yeah. the thing is you you realize that like no i'm I, like i'm totally gonna say stupid things again you yeah know? like you do yeah. this long enough we all much human yeah you're gonna you're gonna be wrong um and that's okay but moving on let's bring some unadulterated dude i'm ready excitement. i've been waiting for this yeah what have you been doing michael Huber? one game and one game only i usually talk about like 10 things on here uh-huh we're talking about banner saga whoa yeah oh one. i'm so excited i'm so excited i want to hug you right now oh my god <laughs> this is vikings on the oregon trail that's okay. what this game is good pitch you were it well is done, dude unbelievable i like i don't know how the hell i missed this the first time around yeah uh the reason i bought it was because psn had a sale on the bundle that's part one and two it was a ps plus sale parts one and two for cheap Got i was it. like scoop that okay. up so uh <laughs> <laughs> scoop that up gotcha God, I love you. Okay. Uh, you can uh, import your saved also to like the next part, which is cool. Oh. Um, this game is a feast that I just cannot stop playing for like four straight days. I just wow, it was all I was playing for four days. It's not that long, mm -hmm. but it was uh, each night I played like a good chunk and good chunk. Um, it is high stakes. I it is everything I love about video games. It is. Everything is meaningful. It has so much emotion and strong characters. Um, the, I love uh, turn-based combat. It's like Final Fantasy Tactics wow. combat. So every encounter you get in is do or die, high stakes. Permadeath? Uh, no permadeath in combat, but choices you make outside of combat, like uh, Oregon Trail moments, people can die. Okay. 
like oh. one of my favorite guys died he was like hanging on a no spoilers because it's like kind of choose your own adventure thing sure my best guy viking with like a giant battle axe was hanging from a cart and I did the wrong thing, and he fell to his death. What like, is the wrong thing? What were your options, man? Uh, he's like he's like holding the the cart with gold. Yeah. And I was like, just let it go. And he was like, no, it's my duty. And there's like a there's like a thing on it. There's like a bad guy on the cart as well. So then it was like he's like, no, I'm not gonna let it go. So then it's like, all right, what are you gonna do now? He's not gonna let it go. So I tried to like shoot an arrow, shoot the thing off, and. It, like, it died, but then, like, tumbled into him, and then he fell down, and bones broke dead. Question. Dead. Is this a game where it's, like, constantly autosaving all the time, so the decisions yes. stick no matter yes. what? Okay, because I think that is very, very yeah. important. Spoiler alert, I, I filmed my hubris syndrome before this, but my next episode coming up is about saving in games and, like, mm -hmm. permanent, permasave, autosave, Dark Souls style, cool. yeah. which is pretty funny. That's a good topic. I yeah. like that. And the, so, just uh, the the currency in it, I really like. You get renown, um, and you can buy supplies with the renown, or you can level up your characters with the renown. Uh, to to yeah. be able to level up, you have to get a certain amount of kills with a character. Uh, and this currency I really like, because when you're on the long road... Uh, you're just using supplies, using supplies. You're always out of supplies. And some places you get to, they're more expensive than others. So it's like, when do I buy supplies? Do I level up one character at the expense of supplies? Do I level up one character really high because it gets more expensive? Do I level up a couple characters a little bit to, to do better in battle? So it's like always managing these supplies, knowing who to trust. You're constantly on edge. It's just dire straits the entire way through this game. And you're into it. Love it. I oh. need to play this immediately. You, you were selling me so hard. Ben, you will be obsessed with this game, Ben. This is a Ben Moore game for sure. 10 out of 10 for Ben. I. Well. Yeah. You would love it. The way they present these decisions is so yeah. cool. It's like D&D style Oregon Trail. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not, there's no cinematics or anything. It's like text-based. Mm -hmm. You know, this happens. Um, but just the world they've created with uh, the, the, there's humans and then Varl. The Varl are giants. With horns? With the horns. So there's like two species. Uh, and then there's like the, the villainous race of the dredge. Um, and just about the gods and the gods created the, the giants. It's just a beautiful game. Austin Winter, he does the soundtrack. Uh, I I think you kind of touched on it here, but something that has always stood out to me about the Banner Saga is just mm -hmm. just the look of it and yeah. how distinct it is. Is that beautiful? Is that even better in the game yeah. like itself when you're playing it? It reminds me of <laughs> the first couple minutes of Sleeping Beauty. Oh wow! The that like yeah. cool stained glass yeah. art style. Um, yeah, and then your your decisions carry over to the next one, um, which I haven't started yet. I'm so pumped to start Banner Saga two. Uh, and then three, who knows when it's come out. This game was made by three people. Really? Stoic Games is three people. Credits roll, and it's like, <laughs> programmer, writer, artist. 
Cool. <laughs> Done. Really cool. Yeah. And then, and of then course, Sony for like 100 the, hours. The, yeah, Sony for 100 hours. And then the, the symphony mm. was yeah. the longest part. Like trombone, uh, clarinet. And like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it really... I'm so happy that you said you can't wait to start the next one because so that is, I think that is the mark of an incredible game regardless, yeah. especially one with such stakes is sometimes I play games where they present decisions that are intense, but in the end they just kind of end up making you feel bad. And then once you finish, you're like, all right, that's enough of that. But if it can yeah. do it in a way where you're ready for more, yeah. I think that's remarkable. It's a pretty brutal game. Yeah. Like it's, it's high stakes. It's brutal. It's a brutal game. Uh, and then you can also like buy items. You, you can only level up to five, which okay. I like. So every time you level up, it's very meaningful. And it's really expensive. Like you never have enough supplies or renown. Economies. Economy. High stakes economy. Oh, man. What if Austin Wintry, like the air around him was always like slightly colder? <laughs> and like kind of like there was like frost around everything he was near? That'd be funny. Let's think about that. <laughs> nice. His I iPad like is always broken. Yeah. He's got to like, buy new iPads. This, why doesn't this work? <laughs> His girlfriend is just like... <laughs> but, so, when I was young, uh, younger, I was like uh, a sophomore in high school, and I remember That's reading younger, Watchmen yeah. for the first time. Nice. And then I was like, Alan Moore, this, this, this... You know, this comic was amazing. I'm going to read more about Alan Moore. And I read several of his things, and I'm like, I'm going to look up Alan Moore. And until that point, I had no idea what he looked like or what he was into <laughs> yeah. or, like, his general background. Viking. And, like, <laughs> seeing an image where he's got, like, hair that just yeah. goes to infinity, and he's got these crazy rings on, and he looks like he's about to do, like, a... And sometimes it's just funny, like, Wild idolizing man. somebody and then learning more about them. It's, a, yeah. it's an interesting Never experience. Never meet your heroes. Yeah. Uh, Ian Hank. Uh, Always an anomaly. What have you been playing? Okay, so, you know, No Man's Sky. Inverses is really cool. Tricky Towers, the free PSN game, maybe still. It's is free? Kind of fun. Yeah. I didn't know. PSN, it was on Plus. PSN Plus. Okay. PSN Plus. Cool. Um, but and the Rebel game. Galaxy. Yeah, I haven't played that yet. I don't know. I got it, though. Whatever. Uh, the game I really want to talk about is Bound. I Bound. thought this might be coming. It, I, I, I was so thinking, good. I was like, what the hell did I play? And then I was like, oh, right. Um. Yeah, bound. <laughs> bound, dude. Bound, dude. Um, <laughs> this game is a feast. Um, <laughs> no, but I really liked it. Um, the music is is cool. Uh, the The story is, you know, pretty on the nose. Like, after mm -hmm. the first little interstitial, and I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to really say anything about it but like uh you know what you basically know kind of the broad strokes of what's going on you know um but the 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 way that you move around in this game is so beautiful and they had an actual dancer doing dances and stuff so it's it's you know performance uh contemporary dance kind of movements and um the structure of the game is really interesting because you can do there are i don't know five or six, I don't remember how many levels, but five or six levels, and you can do them in any order, but the order you do them in changes every other level after that. So once you learn what's the, like, the symbolism of this thing, what that is in the story, it's like, it's visible as itself in the rest of the levels. Whoa. And like, I made a change. I, I played the levels in a certain order, and I did one of the first levels chronologically in the the notebook 
um, that you're looking through, I did it second to last because I figured like, oh, that seems to be the story that I'm kind of forging in my own mind. And then I noticed that, and then thinking back, the, the levels that I'd played, the three or four levels I'd played before that would have been a lot easier if I had done that level first because it would have changed... It would have, like, removed a hazard cool. from all those other levels. Yeah. So thinking like that is pretty cool. Um, and since you can do them in any order, the, the people are like, there are over 120 different combinations of, like, ways to play this game and, like, different things. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And the thing I really like is there are a lot of secrets. Um, there are definitely things I missed uh, in the game. I only got... Like, to get the trophy for each level, you have to, like, find the secret room on that level, basically. Yeah. You're I only got, like, two or three magic to Kyle's ears. Yeah. Right now. I secret secret rooms. You might like secret rooms are and, and, like, uh, I played it literally in one sitting. Like, I, don't even, I didn't even get up to go to the bathroom. I oh, finished it. You nice. know, in, like, two hours, whatever. Um, and it was good. Like, I got, like, emotional. Like, I didn't cry or anything when I played Journey, but I was, like, I got a little choked up here and there. Uh, at the end of one of the levels, I was just like, oh, you know, I was like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, and uh, it's really what I love about this game. My favorite thing about this game, besides the super cool art direction and the bold choices that they made, is that the messaging of this game is so positive because it's saying you can use positive creativity to as like a force for change and to protect yourself, like. In, in this game, she's using dance to protect herself from these very real-world issues and dangers. And also, it's about healing, like thinking backward and healing the past for yourself and confronting things for a better future and things like that. And, and I just love that message that art and creativity and passion and love can, can be these positive forces for change. I think that's a really great and sadly lacking message in video games, especially. Uh, so I think, I don't, I loved this game. I thought it was marvelous. Um, yeah. And it's, it looks dope. You want to know one of my favorite things about this show is, is I really love the, what have you been playing segment? Because I, I like, I, I feel like whoever the panel is, they bring such like, they have such, you guys all have such eclectic taste, but you're all so good about speaking to what you're passionate about that I feel like I make a mental list of like, I want to check this out. I want to check this out. <laughs> Maybe wrestling's all right. You know? Like, <laughs> right. Uh, and Modern dance, yeah. who knew? Yeah, I yeah. think... I think that was awesome. I'm, I'm so glad that you, like I had no idea that that was what Bound was about. But yeah. I'm like wait, like I have it downloaded on my thing, but now, now I'm even more excited to, and, to play. And again, uh, I mean, I was so inspired. We did a Bound mm -hmm. episode of Easy Update that I'm pretty proud of. Uh... So check it out if you haven't. It's pretty hilarious to watch these guys dance. <laughs> I don't even and know if it could be called dance. Stay for the... Oh, yeah, I think it is. Okay. okay. Actually, like, it came together pretty well. Oh, and, nice. and stay after the credits, because there's a funny... Marvel over here. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, I mean, the episode's eight minutes long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not a huge ask. After an hour and a half the week prior. Yeah. <laughs> Trollathon. Anyway, yeah. Bound. I really loved it. Awesome. That yeah. was excellent, Ian. Uh, Ian, I think you sold me on Bound. I think you'd like Secrets. it. Secrets. I was having such a good time at E3 playing that yeah, game. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And and there are ways, like, I could see people getting like, ugh, she walks so slowly when she's, like, crawling on a wall. Like, you can jump past it. Like, there are ways to go fast. Actually, the funny thing about the game is after you beat it, it unlocks a speedrun menu, which is, like, cool, 
but just not what you expect from Bound. <laughs> like when it said speedrun menu now unlocked, and I looked at all the options, and I was like, weird. Like they really want people, and there are leaderboards for speedrunning Bound. Based on everything you said, I know. Right. I know. It's just like what? Whoa. Uh, but why not? You know, yeah. replay I, value is a thing. So I played this educational game about fonts called Typewriter. Ah. And I love fonts. That game has a speedrun mode too. Huh. It's like why? Yeah, it, the most of the game is about learning about how fonts were made, and then at the end, yeah, as you but there, play through a level. This game, though, Bound, there's definitely some precision platforming in this game, and there is, I've done it like twice. There's like a super jump, like really long jump that I think you have to dance first to like charge up and then do it. I'm I still I like tried for a little while to figure out how to do it, and I'm not sure how to do it. Cool speedrun strat. So it's a, speed it's definitely speedrun strat because <laughs> yeah. like there were jumps that I could not make. Cool. And that's where and, the secret rooms were behind and, those jumps. Maybe. Like, there was a trail of things going off, and I'm like, I can see that there, like, there, there's an item I could pick up on that thing. Yeah. Because um, you pick up these little fragments that you realize throughout the game what they actually are. But, like, uh, and the jump was too far. We gotta get that trophy. Yeah. Kyle Bossman Like, I, I, I'm thinking about playing it again and yeah. trying to, like, you know, figure it out. Get that plat. It's cool. Kyle Bossman has earned the platinum trophy in Bound. <laughs> Um, I've got three things to talk about, but they're they're all pretty short. So it's is one of them wrestling? Fast. No, I wish it was. Uh, <laughs> it can't all be wrestling. I'm sorry. Wait, when can I get more Finn Balor? <laughs> <laughs> Next time, because it'll be post SummerSlam. All right, let me know. Like yeah. you send me to, like Finn Balor now, D&D and I'll know what character. it means. I'll subscribe to whatever service I have. To, that that to, the the, the Finn Balor intro that you showed us, it really oh. feels like some muscle guy accidentally. <laughs> Like, accidentally went to the basement when his little brother or sister was playing D&D, got super into it, and then accidentally walked into wrestling after that. (laughs) I don't think that's fair to muscle guys. No, I'm saying muscle guys can be into it, too. He's lean. But, like, I had muscle guy friends who were into D&D, but (laughs) I'm just saying, like, this guy doesn't seem like a D&D guy. So it seems like an accident, and then it also seems like a double accident that he then wandered into wrestling and told (laughs) this D&D backstory for himself. Yeah. Uh... The thing I'm most excited to talk about is I've been playing the Titanfall 2 uh, technical test. Te- that's, test. That's about I like saying that. out there. Test. Yeah. Te- test. Text test. Text test. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we did a, Michael Huber and myself did a preview on it, so if you want uh, more formalized thoughts, I guess, about Titanfall 2, check that out. But playing it more and not playing against game journalists, and I'm not saying this to be a jerk, but I feel like whenever you play a multiplayer game with... A group of journalists. It is a very inaccurate representation of what that's that game is going to feel. It's a slight, it's a slight, slight like, number like, four. Well, well, it's because people are using <laughs> loadouts they wouldn't use for capture purposes. Yeah, it, and it just feels at, like a, looking at textures on the walls and stuff. Yeah, it's like, a totally different it's environment. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's just like they they just play so much differently than a live audience is going to play. And so mm-hmm. I I think I've actually I, I enjoyed it when we went to go see it, but I enjoyed it even more with real people. And what is so excellent. You're yeah. wearing a Titanfall wearing a 2 t-shirt. Gee, going, cool design. Going, going full sell out here. Uh, yeah. How much did they pay you, man? Uh, not enough. Uh, <laughs> not enough. The, the thing about Titanfall 2 is I can't get over the movement. And you could say, well, you know, a ton of shooters are doing, you know, all sorts of boosts and jumps and double jumps and jetpacks and all that stuff. I think Titanfall 2 has the best movement. And I think the grappling hook changes all of that. Like, being able to look at a giant building shoot out a grappling hook and just zip to it with like no fuss no nothing just getting there 
you like the maps become so fascinating like when you get good at the movement you feel like you're playing spider-man 2 like you are just zipping from place to place and because of that because you have that mobility you're like well i can't just be static like i can't just go to a place and shoot because the people that are good are flying through the skies and shooting at the same time Mm -hmm. and so it becomes this like you, you feel like you're playing a shooter kind of for the first time again where you have to get good at something that you're not familiar with that feels so much different than all these other shooters and it's exciting when you have that moment where you're 100 feet in the air where you launch out of that titan and you're gunning somebody down I mean you could do that in the first titanfall as well but uh, it's it's so good and the way that they've done the controls is you never feel like you're learning something obtuse it's, it's like you're you're only pushing against your limit as a player. Like they are giving you every single tool that you need to do incredible, super heroic things, um, and it's just a blast. Like I can't remember the last time, other than maybe when I first played Overwatch, where I went in a shooter and just was immediately having fun. Mm-hmm. Like there was no need to warm up. It was just like, no, this feels distinct. It's awesome. I'm having a blast. And I love team <clears throat> team based modes. Yeah. Uh, with the NPCs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, standard deathmatch, like, freaks me out nowadays. Totally. Because I can't commit enough time to be great. Like, even if I go one and one KD, I'm just like, oh, I'm not very good. It's, like, yeah. depressing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, if I feel old, I feel past my prime. Like, <laughs> gone are the Counter-Strike days where I'm, like, no-scoping, op headshots. Like, <laughs> so... I think it's just a mental barrier here. it is i know but like wow, your hands just aren't fast anymore. yeah but modes where you team up and you really have to work as a group like mm-hmm. the what's do you, do you remember what the mode is called with the bounty hunt bounty hunt that's okay. actually what i wanted to talk about yeah, yeah like bounty hunt is so cool because you're working with your team to take on like the computer characters but then so is the enemy the enemy team like both oh, cool. teams are trying to take but, out the computer for cash that's interesting but yeah. i what I, the, my that's number cool. one thing about bounty hunt is how high the individual stakes are yeah and you lose your cash you, well no you don't lose all your cash so what's what you need to do for those that, that <laughs> haven't played or aren't familiar in bounty hunt uh periodically throughout the game there will be these drop points that come down and soldiers will there's, there'll be these like soldier pods that come down and they'll get out and there are different levels of ai units that you can kill um and the more difficult the unit you kill the more money you get and uh you accrue money as you kill these things and then once once you delete uh these two points like once you've killed everybody that that has spawned uh these banks open and you have to go to the bank and deposit the money and so this is great because these Capture points are so chaotic because you have all these AI guys that you have to deal with and the enemy team, mm-hmm. and so Titans you have to down. find an interesting. Yeah, uh, so they can. They that's do. the biggest thing: is when you die, you lose half your cash. You lose half your cash. Half, and it can be insanely brutal. Yeah, um, but it can also feel incredible. But it's just this dynamic that you have to deal with because you are trying to find a balance between protecting yourself and killing the enemy team and fending them off and fighting the AI, and just kind of balancing all of that is really fun and exciting. But managing your money, mm-hmm. knowing when you've accumulated enough that it's worth going to the bank, because the bank is only open for a limited time, yeah. which also plays into it. You can't just hang out and pick the safest time. Like, you're, you're on a clock, which is good. 
And if, let's say you have $500, which is a lot, that can really give your team uh, a significant boost, they kill you, suddenly you're down to 250. Suddenly it's not that big yeah. of a deal. And so it's devastating, but when you kill somebody and you get that $500, mm -hmm. it's so rewarding. And so unlike a team deathmatch, I think where you just sort of die and you hit square and you're back in the fight, you know, the, your death has so much weight here. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that about yeah. this mode. Do I share the bank with the enemy? Is it the same bank? Yeah, it's the same, same so there bank? are two different banks two different and they're on opposite ends of the map. Okay. And you both share, the, you both have access to the, to the same banks. But I'd be scared to go to the bank if my enemy is also going to the same bank. Right. And so if you if you notice a trend, like you see a bunch of your teammates dying at that bank, you're like, oh, yeah. that means the other bank is not defended. And so you go there. And so it's this sort of back and forth where you're trying to figure out who's going to what bank. Camp on the banks. Yeah. Because you have a ton of cash, too. You might just fun. retreat. Yeah, it is. You might not even go to the battle. It's like, dude, I have $800. The bank's not open, but I really don't want to lose this. Just right. hang by the bank. And you just hang out. And it's then, crazy. on top of all of this, Titans. I love how the <laughs> Titans play into it, too. Because it's not just, okay, I summon my Titan and I kill a bunch of dudes. I mean, yes, you can play that way. But when you summon your Titan is super, super important. Because what I love about Titanfall is is I don't think you get in a Titan and you feel invulnerable. Like, the enemy can do so many things against you, and I don't think the Titans have all that much health that if you deploy your Titan poorly, you really get punished for it and it'll be gone immediately. And so mm -hmm. it's like, okay, do I want to deploy my Titan and kill all these AI and get a bunch of money and then go to the bank? But you have to get out of your Titan to go yeah. to the bank, uh -huh. which is another interesting thing. You can't just run up and deposit. Um, so that's... Another interesting thing, or do I want to deploy my Titan and defend the bank while my teammates come in? And so oh, cool. I feel like it is a mode that just makes so much sense for the game that they're making. <laughs> That's um, a cool point. Yeah, and it's oh, it's a blast. I got I've one really more question about Titanfall 2. Yeah. Uh, could you see how it's monetized? Is there... Can I, can I buy... Like boxes. Oh, like it's going to be map packs boxes? for sure, I assume. Is there is there loadout stuff I can buy? Well... Maybe the way that they do it is it's very much like a Call of Duty style where as you level up and as you use certain weapons, you get different things for that weapon. So, like, I've been using this assault rifle. I like to assault for this uh, uh, thing for this assault rifle. Yeah. But you, as you get different perks for different guns and different, like, things for your character, you have to spend a currency to unlock that thing. So maybe you've unlocked it, but to use it, you have to buy it. Yep. If that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. maybe I don't think they would micro that. That maybe, would be real nasty. If you can buy those points. Maybe oh, if you could buy no money way. to actually use that stuff, no you way. could do it, but I don't know. Hopefully it's just cosmetics if they do it. This is all just pure speculation. speculation. So no... nothing right now in the system that's Correct. live this weekend has any... Correct. 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 Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up was the... Oh, help me out here. What's it called? The uh, the lobby. The, cl the clan thing. Yeah, we did not bring that up during the video. This, this thing is, is really... It's, maybe I'm hyping it up too much, but it seems like the new way to play with friends. Do you remember what it's mm -hmm. called? Uh, I don't remember what their specific name is. Okay, the new way to play with I, friends. That sounds so PR, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Somebody but. tweeted me, though, that they already mm -hmm. set up uh, Easy Allies page. Mm -hmm. Oh, fun. But you just join... It's so easy and seamless. You just join the... Uh, the group, the Easy Allies group, and then you click. It's like to, one button. One button, like yeah. go to match. It's very anyone convenient. in the Easy Allies group, an invite pops up, and they click one button to join you. So it sounds really simple and basic and not a big deal, but I think it's really awesome how yeah. easy and seamless and fast and quick it is okay. to group up with people, especially 
patrons who you might not be on your friends list, yeah. but are in the Easy Allies group, yeah. just if everyone can join in together. If you're in a game, would it would the thing I think up? if you're in a game, no. Oh, okay. so, just when you're in the lobby. And it's like the first ten people or whatever, five or however many, that accept or partied up together. Partied up. Oh. Yeah. A, a lot of what it accomplishes you can do New by like going back out to the system and like making a party on like on Xbox Live or PSN and then doing all that stuff. But this just eliminates like yeah, so many so steps. So many steps. It's just like, okay, these are the people when I get online, I push a button, we're all together. Yeah. Like you can get into Titanfall 2 and be playing with your friends within seconds. Like, yeah. it's so fast. Like, I'm not... I, I'm hyping it up maybe too much, but I feel like it could change the way you play with people in the future. Hopefully. Like, I hope people look at it and buy into it and are happy about it. Sure. Like, yeah. Um, The second thing I want to talk about is a little game called Brutal. Uh, oh, it's a yeah. PSN book game. Brutal. Yeah, so it's brutal, but the A is an <laughs> at symbol. Um, and it's really neat. So what it is, is it's sort of a twist. It's inspired by the old ASCII roguelike games. Um, and it's incredibly charming. It gets me every time when you pull up the map. The map, it, it like goes down to a top-down perspective, and it becomes like an ASCII oh, uh, thing. And what it is, is it's sort of like a Diablo action role-playing game where you're beating up enemies and you're getting loot and you're upgrading that loot and you're going through these randomly generalized things. Uh, but the, I think the level of difficulty is tuned just right where uh, in this type of game you want it to be at, where uh, it's difficult enough and the game pushes back enough and you fear death so much that when you get that new upgrade, you're like, yes, I need this so bad. Um, and so I just, I haven't reached the point where it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's a little bit whatever. I guess I'll just equip it. Um, and so that's exciting, and I think it's a very hard thing to accomplish. Uh, and just the style of it. Like, it's, it, it, in a game where you're using, like, at symbols and all of this ASCII language, I, I could imagine it would be very visually incomprehensible and, in, like, a hectic fight. But the way they do it, it's actually very clean and looks super cool. And like I was playing as this warrior, and an at symbol was my shield, and I threw yeah. it at a guy, and I'm like, okay, this is charming. Um, I have I haven't played it that long. I've only played a couple of hours of it, and so I feel like my impressions are, are not as deep as I would like. But um, for fifteen dollars, I'm having a very good time. That sounds so, fun. Yeah. Um, the last roguelike, you die and then it starts over. Or? Yeah. So you. Yeah. Uh, but I love roguelikes. I'm not sure if you keep your upgrades or not. I think you do, but I could be wrong. I like that. roguelikes where you yeah. retain yeah something something. Yeah. Then We're, those aren't true roguelikes. Yeah. Roguelike likes. Yeah. What's rogue legacy? Roguelike like. Roguelike. Oh, rogue yeah. legacy. Rogue, where is the sequel? Where is the game? sequel? To Please. That Have they said Feed that? Feed me no. rogue legacy. Too. Not that I know. Um, <laughs> the last thing I want to talk about. I'm gonna throw a curveball. Okay. Trap. Here we go. Uh, I want to talk about an artist, a music artist that I've been really into recently. Um, Guns N' Roses. Did you go no. to the concert? Oh, it's so rude. <laughs> Sweet. Dude, slight counter up to four. Slight. Slight. No, that's that was fine. Like, that was five. Five. Yeah, five. five. Uh, nope, not Guns N' Roses. Axl Rose will have to wait another day. Um, <laughs> there's someone to talk about t- uh, today is Courtney Barnett. I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with her or not. Yeah, um, sounds familiar. Absolutely. She's but, Australian. Yeah, she's Australian. And she's she's truly wonderful because uh, I I think if you like listen to one song you might be like oh that kind of sounds like Nirvana move on with your life but if you spend some time with her music she she actually goes into a bunch of different styles and what I love about her is I think she's an incredible lyricist 
Um, she feels intelligent without coming off as intellectual or like super removed. And she'll just sing a song about like eating too much instant ramen, but she'll warp it in such a way, she'll construct the words in such a way where you'd be like, whoa, this is speaking to a lot. <laughs> and it just, it just, there's an honesty to that music um, that I think is really interesting. It's not like somebody is trying to say something. It's like they sit down and had an experience and this is what came out. And when you listen to it, I think that honesty like kind of connects you to her and makes her really interesting. And it's, it's so good. Um, like, uh, Depreston. Depressing. That track makes me yeah, cry, man. It and does. It's exactly what you're just describing. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so good. I it's gotta check her so out. Yeah. good. Um, it. I get emotional when I listen to that music. Yeah. Um, but I think what's good about her too is, you know, I think when you're when I was talking about that honesty, she covers the, like the whole spectrum of emotions. Like there are there are tracks that I listen to and I laugh out loud, where uh, she had, talks about a relationship with somebody that's swimming next to her in a lane in a pool and how like she can't get a clear grasp on the situation because she's wearing like swimming goggles and Mm -hmm. it's her album name her first album name is uh sometimes i sit and think and sometimes i just sit and it's beautiful like it's so simple and like kind of facetious but totally true um and i just i've fallen in love and uh it's hard to talk about music when you don't do it a lot so i feel like i'm being very vague but Really love her. Uh, check her out. She's definitely changed my life for the better. So have you wow. have you listened to Mitski? Yes. Uh, somebody recommended that to me, and I was like, "Oh, I'll check that out." And then I realized that I actually had checked it out. Like, what is it? Her puberty. The puberty two. Is puberty the, two. The yes. Most recent album. Yes. Yeah. I listened to that. I like "Bury Me at Makeout Creek" or whatever. That's a good album. I less burn. funny, more intense. Sometimes, <laughs> I don't know if this happens to you guys with music as well, but. Sometimes I'll do like a first listen of somebody. I'll be like, man, I'm super into this. I'm yeah. going to come back to it. And then I don't come back to it for yeah, like yeah, several yeah, weeks yeah. or a month later. So I've done like that cursory listen and I'm really into it, but I just need to. Did to you ever get into Deer idea. Hoof? Uh, no. I think you'd love Deer Hoof. Deer Hoof? Okay. Yeah. All right, Deer cool. Hoof is bananas. I, I've been getting into Stereo Lab as well. Ah. Really good stuff. Never listened to them before. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I love it, the music corner. I'm going to have Seriously. a music tip next time. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I, I love this. this. Yeah. I. If I had to like rank my the things that I love in this world, it would be video games are number one. I'm just talking about hobbies. I'm not so don't say like family and stuff. That's Where's not even in the rank. rank. No, she's not in the rank. So it's uh, video games and then music. So if you guys want to come in and talk about music, I would absolutely love. Where it. would Chie rank on your favorite video game characters of all time? Probably not even in the top ten. Really? Ooh, yeah. Okay. Well. Betrayal. Uh, Dang. Like we get the question a lot, like what video games make you cry, and you know it's like maybe three. Right. Like music makes me cry like eighty percent of the time. <laughs> I don't know, you know, much much more frequently. Do you know what I mean? Music Absolutely. moves me more than video games ever move me. I, uh, film, yeah. yeah. For some reason, I do. I'm more much more crazy about video games. I think I cried in Sweet Code in two or one. That might be the only game I've ever actually cried. Got close and bound. Uh, Whoa. You know we gotta what, bound. Kyle? Huh? You made me think of something that I really want to talk about just very briefly. Sure. Is I've thought about that a lot um, because I've been watching... T- television is incredible right now. I mean, Michael Huber, I know I'm preaching the choir, but I've just... Over the last two years, there are several television shows that I've watched where I'm like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, 
almost perfect shows mm-hmm. that have made me think and have been so profound and just so well crafted that they're a joy to behold. Like multiple series, yeah. like we are in like a TV renaissance. I truly yeah. feel like that. Um, and like Kyle was saying, I've been listening to a lot of music that that has had a powerful effect on me, and that just doesn't happen as much with video games. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I think it necessarily has to, but what's what's fascinating to video games about me is sometimes I feel like that is maybe why I'm the most obsessed with games is when I do have that game that connects with me and and moves me on an emotional level. I think because of the way video games work, their interactivity, how much you have to invest into them to see the conclusion that that experience sticks with me forever. Like Metal Gear Solid 1 yeah. will stick with me forever. I hear um, you. you know, Dark Souls will stick with me forever because I, I, I spent months of my life mm-hmm. committing myself to them. And you get to, I think you get to be a part of them more than you do other, yeah. other things. So, Do you guys agree with that? 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the experience makes it, like, if I think about Shadow of the Colossus, I still feel guilty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, but like, yeah, you can just watch another movie again. You know, like you, right. you have favorite movies, and you're like, oh yeah, every couple of years I watch that one. You mm-hmm. know, but it's not your fault mm-hmm. when you watch a movie. You know, generally, sure. unless it's a Michael Haneke film, sometimes it's your fault then. <laughs> uh, what but, a reference! Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mean to get like <laughs> too emotional there. Frame trap, baby. Frame trap, baby. Bye-bye. It goes. It goes in weird places. Sometimes I'm in control of it. Most of the time, I'm not. All right. It like is time bladder. for this very, very, very <laughs> special and hopefully heated Hotake. It's that time. But we're talking about Gamescom. Gamescom happened, mm-hmm. is happening yeah. this week. Um, and there are a few announcements or things that I want to focus on. Kyle, I think you covered some of this uh, in the EZA podcast. And so we're, we're going to be treading somewhat similar ground, but hopefully it'll go off in a different direction. Uh, the number one thing I want to talk about that came out after you guys recorded the EZA podcast is Metal Gear Survive. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time that we've seen Metal Gear resurface in a non-pachinko format um, after Kojima's departure. Um, <laughs> and for those of you that aren't familiar... Metal Gear Survive, according to Konami, is a new addition to the Metal Gear 5 experience. It is a four-player stealth co-op game set within the Metal Gear universe for Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Before we dig into any more details, based on that very short description, I don't know if you guys saw the trailer, (laughs) gut reaction. So I don't write off any game, okay? That's how I live my life. Mm -hmm. I don't judge it. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't write it off without having tried it myself. I give everything an open mind. Yeah. Because of the Konami situation, because of the way they have treated their fans, because of the way they treated Kojima, everything that has gone down, I want to write this game off immediately. I want to say F you. I want to say you're not taking my money. I want to say I'm not going to talk about that game, not going to play it, and nothing... But still, the idea of teaming up in the Metal Gear universe with Bossman, with Ben, with Ian, like, there's still something kind of there that I would be into for, like, a day, but I I don't know. Help me, guys. Help me out. Here's the thing. Make it okay for me to just 
throw think, holy water on this. I think it would this. be okay if, if we <laughs> hired someone to break into a Best Buy and steal four copies steal, of this okay. game okay. and then bring them to us, then it might be okay. <sighs> more so than any other series, though. Well, maybe not more so than any other series, but, but definitely Metal Gear Solid has always had, like, a vision. It has been compelled to say something. Metal Gear Solid 2, the, the effect that technology has over us, mm-hmm. right? Metal Gear Solid 4, how times change and how people's roles within those changing times change, right? And, you know, say what you will about the convoluted nature of Metal Gear Solid. Like, something that is always inspiring about that series to me is that it, it is trying. It is trying to be, to speak to something that we can all relate to on some level. And then you say, hey, here and the end kicker is what really gets it to me. Hey, have fun with your buddies in this in the Metal Gear Solid universe. It feels like a game that is being directed by a corporate decision. Oh, absolutely! Like, oh, what are the kids into? Let's give it that. Hundred um, percent. Level it, up, loot. There's gonna be so many freaking oh, yeah. loot yeah. crates in this game. You're gonna pay it to make bars that sense go faster. Of purpose, yes, you know that 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 I think. A, not every, but a lot of Metal Gear Solid games have. Sometimes. And it's pretty sickening that it even shows ground zeros in the beginning of that trailer. You see Big Boss fly away, and this is going on, like, at that time, they get sucked into some other dimension? It's, like... Like, everyone has read so deep into all the, like, you know, the Phantom Pain metaphor against Konami from Kojima. This almost feels like, yo... F.U. Kojima. Like, this yeah. feels like a, a personal attack. The, the thing that I think about when I look at a game like this or movies that you've heard bad things about or anything like that, because, like, we've heard all the horror stories about how terrible it is to work for Konami and, like, how they will shut off lights on you and, like, force you to work crazy hours and all these weird horror stories. And I was just watching this trailer, and I'm like, I wonder if any single human being involved in this game is happy <laughs> at all. And I think the answer is no. The person who made the really bow. The bow looks the bow. cool. Good work. You're probably happy. The bow and arrow looks cool. I want to say about this game, one one detail I think is super important is that it's a $30 game. And I think that honestly sets expectations okay. correctly. It's like an umbrella core. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's easy for me to call this non-canon, and for that reason, I'm kind of cool with it. The reason it is canon, though, is because the guy looks at Big Boss Fly Away, man. It's the same universe. There, it's not filler. Which is a hilarious metaphor because it's like all the actual Metal Gear things are literally flying, flying away. away from this game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was talking about that like, with Omar. Uh, I don't think we've said the word zombies yet. It's yeah. Like you're fighting against yeah, zombies. That was the next... But how yep. are they different? But, like, people were all pissed about zombies, and I'm like, well, yeah, but Metal Gear's always had, like, supernaturally kind of enemies in it. It's like never been a horde It's mode never game. been True, this. yeah, horde mode, yeah. yeah. Like, another dimension getting sucked into a New black galaxy. hole, like, I've never... There's nothing like that in Metal Gear. <laughs> sure, it gets that actually, pretty... Huber, that really bugs me, actually. A lot of what I saw reported on the first day is it's like, well, at least they're keeping true to the nature of the kooky Metal Gear Solid story. Yes. <laughs> it's no. the way it was reported on a lot. That is crazy. So basically, it's so like, bad. as long as there's bad shit stuff that you can't really make yeah. sense of right away. Sounds like Kojima fits, to yeah. me. It's Sounds like, like no. Kojima to me. Oh, yeah. my God, no. So frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, Kyle, I think you, I, I think you bring up a good point with it being thirty dollars and and being able to get in your head like this is non-canon. But to me, this is like the beginning of something. This is Konami saying, "All right, now how do we leverage Metal Gear as a property, right? Where like setting things in the Metal Gear universe that mm-hmm. that maybe shouldn't be there, or you know, like 
there, there's allusions to fighting a Metal Gear as like a boss, yeah. as like a thing that you just take down with your buddies. And I, I just think, in a way, doesn't that devalue it a little? You know? Oh, well, when Raiden was cutting through Metal Gears in Revengeance, it was devaluing Big Boss or uh, Old Snake crawling through the laser fields. I mean... Oh, no. I actually don't agree with that. Because I, I think Metal Gear Rising took such a... It took a specific tone and mm-hmm. rode that all the way home that it felt like a distorted version of Metal Gear in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. It was like another take on Metal Gear. Yeah. Where but I, it's like, what was what was his sacrifice for? it? What was Snake's sacrifice exactly. for? Sure, I understand that, but... Like, th- I think the word distortion there is very, very important, where it was like, this feels like it is taking place in a vacuum, or mm-hmm. this is taking place, you know, in a different... It, it felt like a, a, like an artist was like, okay, how can I play with these things and make them distinct? Like, there was a separation there. Yeah. I think if you put them together, you're totally right what a snake sacrifice means, but I think if you remove them, you can appreciate yeah. both separately and equally. I also, learned to love... I love writing. Yeah. Headcanon-wise, Huber, like, Snake saved the world in that microwave. Exactly. Like, he allowed... Right into cut those things apart, like you know, he he yeah. he allowed the world to Passed continue the torch, existing for you, sure. You gotta assume the world isn't gonna be safe forever without war for the yeah. rest of time. War, war, war. I, I think changes. with I think with Metal Gear Survive though, mm-hmm. that like there was a there was a stylistic flair to Revengeance that allowed me to make that separation that I don't think is here. Like there. it is like more Metal Gear Solid Five in a in a way that I'm not sure I'm comfortable with. I would bet my life that this game is going to be drowning in microtransactions. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Drowning. Go ahead. Okay. How many bars are there oh, going to be that you have to pay to speed up? God. Yeah. The, the weird thing to me about all of this is that Konami's trying to put out a video game at all and act like it's okay for them to do that. Because, like... They basically, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed to me like they basically all but said in straight words, we don't care about making video games anymore. Well, the pachinko business wasn't going as well as expected. That yeah. report came out really? a couple months back. Yeah. Where and then they were like, oh, well, maybe we should shift back to video yeah, games. Because like, oh, Metal Gear Solid 5 made a ridiculous guy. amount of money. Yeah. 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 They're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have screwed over Kojima. Yeah. Yeah. And then now it makes it, no sense. And it's so business because they're just using the Phantom Pain engine. Yeah. They have everything. But like... Where where will humanity draw the line? Is my question. Is like, because we shouldn't be still going to the DC movies. We shouldn't be paying. Hey, it's only been three movies, all right. <laughs> that's that's a lot. Three strikes and you're out, Hubie. Baby. Iron Man two. Very Iron bad. Iron Man two terrible. Should we stop going to Marvel movies? I, like, no, because I, they I, make I, other ones that are good. Okay, well the next DC one might be has good. no track record. There's been three movies only. And they're three's all enough. the three, worst movies ever made. A three. Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, were movies 2 and 3. Right, but surrounded by other the, movies the other side that, of that were story good. for me personally is, like is I, am also, I am also growing tired of Marvel films, yeah. by and large. I basically, so. the only Marvel movies I've really liked have been Guardians of the Galaxy and Deadpool, kind of. I will agree with you if Justice League also is a trailer. No, Justice League is going to, going to be Did you watch trash. that trailer? If Justice League is horrible, I'll trash. say Trash. Okay. Right. Worse know, than dude. horrible. You already know it's horrible. But what I'm saying is, like, when will we be like, no, Konami, you don't get 
we're not going to give you money. For right this. now, I'm not paying for that game. Mark yeah. my words, hundred percent. Oh, neither would I. But no like, I just think that you're like, right here. Keep humanity needs no. to make the choice yeah. to stop allowing evil, bad things to exist. Yeah. You know what I think is super funny is when they talked about the pachinko not doing well. They blame millennials. People our age don't want to play pachinko machines, just like we don't want to watch the Olympics. Uh, uh, the the video games is to support the pachinko business uh, <laughs> to make you care about the Metal Gear Solid brand, which they can then attach to pachinko machines. Sick thing. It's so How funny. Fun, I love that. It's such a backwards... They don't yeah. realize that millennials... Like, I read an article that I sort of thought was interesting because it's like... Millennials, like, everyone loves to ascribe all these crazy things to millennials, but, like, the theory that I like the best is, like, millennials just don't have any fucking money. Yeah, sure. You just can't afford to play pachinko because yeah. it's stupid. Yeah. Why am I going to throw money at this thing for no reason? Rather play like, blackjack. Everyone's like, oh, do you have a retirement plan? No. Like, I don't have a solid job. Like, jobs don't exist. I think there's more to millennials than that. No, but I mean, like, it's definitely a concern. Like, the promise of America back in the day when it's like you go to college and then are just handed a job doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. People are drowning in debt. Yeah. But we're also we're not gonna play pachinko. We're more understanding and welcoming to millennials. Yeah, know? because the more... world is moving that way. Hopefully, yeah. Unless Trump destroys it, but like, you know, things trend for the better on the whole, typically. Yeah. Until we realize that the environment is going to kill us all. But like, it's crazy to me that millennials don't care about the Olympics. Something happened. Something. Love somebody said sports aren't cool, and that's happening. That's a trend. Nobody said it. It just happened. Baseball, yeah, man, I, always hanging on for dear life. Right. I would love to watch the Olympics, but I don't have television. And that's that's, that's another I think the big thing because no one's paying thing. for television because there's no reason to pay for television. I pay so much for television. You're a crazy it, That's the thing. But I split it with my, my girlfriend, which is cool. I, I would love television, but television is hilariously expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it's but also, how much, it's you can internet. buy an antenna. You buy the internet package with yeah. it. Buy, it. But also, yeah. like, TV is something, it's brutally overpriced yeah. and you're being served ads. Whereas, you can pay eighth of uh, of the cable cost and just have netflix or hulu and and pay for the non-ad version for like a fraction of the cost basically the dodgers have a gun to my head and i sure I've sure pay. That, that's it's just the, the only way to get that, it when sports it's die the only then tv will die way. yeah you know but also i think we're a generation that realizes video games are good right can sure, be yeah. good yeah. yeah and that's that's the other thing is maybe there was a time where you had to have tv because you needed to be entertained by something sometimes, and that was, you know, you were limited in options. But when you, yeah, totally. When you have so many options and so many distractions, why pay 50, 100, however much it is for your cable subscription when you could just go do something that lasts just as long, if not longer, and pay far less? It makes, it makes me think about airlines because the airline industry is so messed up because when I was a little kid, I was like, why don't they just slap ads on every single one of these surfaces like they do on buses and make airplane tickets way cheaper? Because, like, we're being served ads, right? Like, you're, mm-hmm. you get the right for me to look at your bullshit, so I pay less money. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how this works. That's what ads are. But then now, there are ads on every surface and tickets cost more. And I'm just like, whoa, no, wait. Like, this isn't right. Like, DVR, though, man. I'm Fast not paying you. No, right, but it's like, I don't know. Like... You can't have it both ways. Like, on YouTube is a perfect example. You can watch YouTube for free and see ads, or you can pay and not see ads. That's how That's how I think everything should work, because you either pay for the right not to have your time wasted, or they get to waste your time and try to sell you things. 
Like that's the human experience. So I get TV I, shows out there. I think uh, oh, yeah. the Nick, Mr. Robot. But I mean, Stranger Things on Netflix. Of course. Great show. Uh, anyway, sorry. Moving on. Let's. I think it's time to get to the, to the next. Yeah, screw thing you, I want to Konami. Talk about. We don't want to talk yeah, about you yeah. anymore. Dead. Uh, I want to talk about Resident Evil Seven. So uh, during oh the boy. Gamescom stuff, Resident Evil Seven had a new trailer come out, gameplay trailer called Lantern, and uh, interesting. It showed. I think it gave us maybe a little bit better of an idea of what to expect from the game, um, and it's about somebody exploring this place and they're trying to avoid this terrifying woman with a lantern um and there are a couple of cool things in there you definitely see a puzzle that looks very reminiscent of a resident evil puzzle um but outside of that very brief and sloppy description as our resident resident evil fan what did you think of it michael huber loved it uh gave me like nemesis vibes of just this ultimate power hunting you down Mm -hmm. uh you know you're unarmed Seen a lot of complaints on the internet, you know, just doing the thing I hate, comparing it to other things, saying, oh, it's not going to be as good as this, not going to be as good as that, why isn't it like this? Why do, wait a minute, why does that, why does that bother you? People, people are going to naturally compare it to other things. Just because we haven't seen enough to be like, oh, it's just Outlast. This game Definitely. is not Outlast. Definitely. I, I totally agree with you, and I... Like, it's I really a frustrating comment to read. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I really think that your sensibility here is a smart one, and I respect it, to, to have that patience to say, all right, well, let's take a step back and get a fuller picture. But at the same time, I do think it's hard for people to fight back that natural inclination of, oh, this seems very similar to this, or this seems worse than this. Like, it's, but that's it's a, it's, everything. Sure. Abzu is journey. Like, right? but but there's every game is there's value in that there's value <laughs> in that comparison there's truth in that comparison you yeah know? it's not it's not totally but they spin it in a negative way I feel like the comparison sure. now has become a point of negativity not sure. positivity sure um, absolutely nothing is ever compared in a positive way I feel like I think that's dying uh, I don't I don't fully agree with that but I but, the but hyperbolic of course comparison to journey is really good yeah I just did but it's not as good it's a low oh, okay. rate right. journey gotcha. so yeah, was the sentiment journey. for Abzu I don't think people are only comparing in negative ways but speaking in absolute my least favorite articles to read ever like 100% my least favorite one is when I go to a, a, a site and it's usually a gaming site where they're like wow we just played this new thing it's X cross that that yeah. and then they like stop talking yeah. it's like yeah. nope that doesn't do it. Like, I'm sorry. You just yeah. took the laziest way, humanly possible. Like, it's totally fine to compare it or, of or course, have it remind you something. But I, you're totally right where I do feel like people have thought that it's okay to be like, oh, this is this. I'm done. Like, yeah. Like, you know, this yeah. is... I just feel like it's a growing trend. Elder Scrolls with guns. So, <laughs> again, this game has so much mystery. Uh, we've only seen really two scenarios now we've seen the demo and now this trailer the demo was like a free form exploration no immediate threat and now this was kind of like it looked like an escape you're trying to get away from this creature um and i can of course see the outlast comparisons and the, the amnesia comparisons because that's what those games are they are you have no power if creature catches you you die mm-hmm. um which is basically what this was and I think the thing that people need to see to differentiate Resident Evil 7 from those games is the combat, which is something we haven't seen. Um, 
you know, it's already been confirmed. You get a shotgun, you get a pistol, you get guns. You're going to be killing things in these games, which is something you don't do in Outlast, which is something you don't do in Amnesia. The the thing I worry, just to jump on that real quick, the thing I worry about is that we're going to get into a uh, Silent Hill Shattered Memory situation mm -hmm. where, like, in that game, if it's not the Frozen Realm, you literally know that you're not going to be attacked by a monster because there aren't any. Whereas in this game... Every VHS tape, since it's like, fine, I'm my, my worry is that every VHS tape, like they're they're looks like they're going to be interstitials, right? Where it's like you see a VHS and then play through it as yourself, or vice versa. Um, but will every tape end with the person dying? Because in that case, just let the woman catch you and save yourself thirty minutes, <laughs> like because you know you're going to die, so just do That's it. Funny. Yeah, you know, like if in, unless you could change things and like. Because in the in the trailer, the puzzle seemed to be solved. Like, it was on. Here's, so maybe maybe the better you do in the tape, the exactly. easier things will be for yourself. No, and that is, that is exactly right. Because in the beginning hour yeah. demo, when you watch the tape, you, like, see the clues and stuff. So I'm yeah. wondering if when you're playing it, you know, you can do that's, better that's and that my helps hope. you. Yeah. That, my hope is what it is, is that the tapes... Are like actually the, the more of a puzzle. Lantern thing, or the uh, the 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 chimney fireplace. The yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You see that in the tape, so yeah. you do it. Of course. I'm hoping that it's like you do the thing mm -hmm. and set yourself up for later. Like it could be a cool like temporal kind of like the past person yeah. who died is actually you kind of helping yourself mm -hmm. later to do this. You know, like that uh, door needs to be open. And it's a big know? thing to realize too that these are just the tapes. We haven't seen the main protagonist. We haven't seen, like, what if the main protagonist is a gun packing, you know, Barry, Chris Redfield. Barry Burton, or Chris Redfield, yeah. or like Ada. I hope Ada you're Ada. Or something. If you're Ada, that'd yeah. be dope. There's just so much mystery, and like, I get it. People are maybe impatient and they want to like see more of the game. Yeah. Or it comes out in January, man. Yeah, out soon. Good. Keep yeah. it. Let it cook. Keep me. Keep but, me in the dark. But, sure. but I keep me in the dark. I, I, I do think it's hard to oh, make a blind purchase. Yeah. On, on it, like, I do not feel this way, but I want to ask you a question. Okay. Uh, there are a lot of people whose complaint is, this doesn't feel like Resident Evil. Resident Evil 4 didn't feel like Resident Evil. Like, we've True. been through these changes True. so many times. Like I said, I'm not saying I agree. I yeah, just want course. to see, see your response to it. Uh, it, is one of the very, like it is one of the very few, few franchises that has stood the test of time with a continuing continuity over the decades. Mm. Um... And and for the people that say, oh, this is a Resident Evil on out, like, this could have easily been a reboot. The fact that it is Resident Evil 7 is telling me, yo, fans that have been with us from the beginning or whenever that are committed to this lore, that are part of this franchise, this is a continuation. Like, that is there. And it's, of course, it's drastically different, but, but the fact that it's 7 to me says, you know... We've got you. I, a part of me feels like it's a little bit of a best of both worlds because, you know, this is going in a new experimental mm -hmm. direction, which is always interesting. I think regardless of how it turns out, I, I kind of always respect those moves. Yeah. You, but the thing is, is if, if maybe that was all you had, I could I could maybe understand the fear a little bit more. Yeah. The Resident Evil 2 remake is coming. Exactly. And I, I think that that is going to, you know, appeal to people that, that specifically want that style of game heck yeah um and so i like i, I think it's kind of a best of both worlds situation 
The, I agree. the thing the thing with this trailer is I had the opposite response to people saying that it doesn't feel like Resident Evil because I saw that bridge with like the babies and like mm-hmm. the stuff and I was like, oh cool, other environments. This feels like a swamp area from yeah. four or like you know like it feels like a Resident Evil to me. Like, yeah. So I was like, oh cool, this game actually is a Resident Evil and game. And it's saving that stuff. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I don't want to set myself up, but I, I like. Resident Evil 5, classic example. Like, you start digging into yeah. that umbrella stuff way later in the game. Yeah. Resident Evil 4 as well. I yeah. do I do think, though, that... I'm totally not surprised that there's been some resistance to the way Resident Evil it. 7 has presented itself. Only because I feel like the horror genre now, in particular, especially with Steam Early Access, mm-hmm. has spit out a lot of games that feel practically identical or extremely shallow. Yeah. And so I... I get it. I think in response to a lot of underwhelming horror games that that are kind of lacking ideas, uh, people people are maybe more aggressively wanting totally. to be wowed. It is pretty I mean? crazy, first person. Uh, the, one thing I want to say about this game is I don't think it looks good visually, mm-hmm. uh, competitive wise, uh, up to other standards set by other games. Just what? what? Tell me about the lighting, Kyle. It's got good lighting. Here's the thing, Huber. That lantern flickering everywhere. Every other Resident Evil game is best in class. Just this is the best looking game that's out right now. When you think of how Resident Evil 4 revolutionized what Mm -hmm. games looked like and where you put the camera. And Resident Evil Remake. Uh, Even Resident Evil 6 is is an excellent looking game. 5 looked like garbage when it came out. No, no, no. The best character models. No, that's right. I mean, I guess I only played it split screen and I was like, this looks like (laughs) shit. But But so to see this game look kind of grody with its textures on that door. that It's got to run at a high frame rate. It's VR, man. Yeah, maybe it's the VR influence. But I'm a little surprised how low budget it appears. And I mean, maybe that's just what the current state. Of I like Capcom the way it is. looks. Sure. Yeah. I think it's I got think, a, like a grimy, yeah, it's got dirty. A grimy, I li- dirty. Like if it was too also, putting, lit up, too pristine, it would take away from. Think of what PT looks like all over it. Think what how good. Yeah, but PT everything looks. we've seen has VHS filters over it. So exactly. the, 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 the PT comparison like PT. is a, is a little frustrating for me because PT, no no doubt PT looks unbelievably good, but that was. A very, very, very small area that I think you could just like polish and polish and polish and polish until it looks like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think making an entire game, right, that you don't have that privilege of, mm-hmm. of making something look that good. Sure. The one biggest thing I want to get get across to is action games are easier to show in as a trailer. I agree. It is easier, easier to get on board and watch a trailer. Oh, that looks sick. That looks awesome. Resident Evil 7 and games like this, games like Outlast specifically, that is something you need to step into and play yourself. It is very much like, I don't, like watching somebody crawl through a scary environment, it's a hard sell as a trailer. Sure. Yeah. Like that is something you need to actually do yourself, whether it's in VR or not. I'll turn off the lights, you know, get in the zone. Oh like my it God. takes time to like, Get in the mood. You are so on point and totally correct, and I think that's why we went through, like we are, and why we continually go through lulls with horror games because mm-hmm. they're so difficult to sell, they're so difficult yeah. to market, they're so di- difficult to differentiate. When you have to be there alone in the dark playing it to to totally appreciate yeah. it, and I think fighting games are the same way. And I, it's sometimes it's frustrating that we live in such a marketing-driven world where like you gotta sizzle good or you mm-hmm. fade away. 
uh, because there are just some things that don't lend themselves to that exactly. format. Like Frame Trap, where you just kind of gotta let it soak, you know? Like, like there were so many, there were so many fade-ins and fade-outs in that trailer because it's passing time. Yeah. Like, oh, they were bad, too. The they idea, yeah. like, Outlast has those moments, too, where you need to solve a problem and something is hunting you. Yeah. Like, the tension yeah. that builds in those it's moments. It's about time. It's about time. And so, yeah. like, oh my what god, those games do out. is because they can't sell that, they show videos of people getting scared with like right. weird night vision yeah. on and yeah. so every, then every game is like well that works so we'll do that and it mm -hmm. just becomes very one note and then it creates the my favorite again. that's one of my favorite things about t pt because the trailer was so stupid that we oh, all did wrote it, it off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah the the first mm -hmm. one they had night vision and we were all like this looks stupid yeah and then we played it and we're like oh we've been had like this is great uh we we are running against the clock a little bit um so I, I do want to move on if everybody's cool with Resident that. Resident sure. just stay open-minded. Stay open-minded. Open We've been through these changes before. When Resident Evil 4 came out, I was upset. You're still upset. I admire... I'm still upset, and it's one of my favorite games of all yeah. time, yeah. though. Sure. You know? yeah. And I'm still a little upset. But... I admire Capcom's <laughs> gutsiness, like willingness to try these new things. Because if somebody doesn't, you Especially. know... Especially. And not rebooting. Well, uh, the best thing is as like a fan that just gets me real excited. Yeah, yeah. To continue the journey. My favorite thing about four is like Resident Evil Four is amazing, and it kind of ruined horror games for a while. Ben tried to move on. So Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to how this will ruin about Resident Evil. horror games. <laughs> and besides, play Resident Evil Six Point Five. It's called The Evil Within. If you want to get your your fans. Evil Within is cool. <laughs> I love Evil Within. Uh, my favorite part of Evil Within. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me. <laughs> Uh, Claire Loon. I want to talk about uh, Final Fantasy 15, and I want to talk about the delay to November. Um, mm. And so, uh, Hajime Sabata got out there and he said, "Hey, we we want to bring this up to the standard that we want it to be at. We're going to delay it a couple of months." Um, and he said, "Hey, if we do this, you don't need. We're not going to need a day a huge day one patch." Um, and kind of. Not really as an apology, but in addition to this announcement, they showed off 50 minutes of gameplay footage, which I know you two are media blackout, so yeah, I don't no, necessarily like, want to get into the details zero. of that, yeah. but I do want to talk generally about that footage in like what it means sort of way, uh, but before we do that, just kind of get a reading on the room on, are you cool with this delay? Do you think it's justified? Do you think, uh, are, are you disappointed in any way? Are you glad? How do you feel? If the if the game performed well at E3, and the delay came, I'd be like, what? What did, what what's going on? WTF? But uh, the reaction it got, I think, justified the delay. Yeah. And the reaction it, the game got at E3, I think, justified this delay. And it showed poorly. Yeah. It comes out in November now or December? Co November. November. Okay. Protect your game. Protect it. Absolutely. Protect it. Way to high stakes. This is yep. like the highest stakes release I think of all time. 11 years now? Yeah. Like that's crazy. It's like it's last guardian style though. I'm so scared of just you know, when do you ship? When do you ship? Like will 2 months be the difference in this game that's Absolutely. been cooking for 11 mm -hmm. years? Like be one of the greats. Will this game <laughs> can it possibly I joking. Can I mean, it, it possibly live up to people's expectations? Something no. that I, I always worry about with games that, you know, have been worked on for so long and gone through so much, and especially when they have this Final Fantasy XV universe, so they have the movie, they have the anime, I worry that 
they they feel like they have to overcompensate, and because of that 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 worry of like no, we have to meet these expectations. Like people are, are going all in on this, that it becomes about the spectacle more than anything else. And to me, that's not what Final Fantasy is. Like Final Fantasy has always had a ton of spectacle, but there's that human element, right, that mm-hmm. really connects with you and, and and makes you cling to it. And uh, watching the 50 minutes of footage again, I will not get into any specifics. Don't worry. Something that I loved and I think really worked in that footage is the relationship between these these men and how they communicated with each other and how they bounced off of each other. And just even doing mundane, trivial things, the banter that they would have back and forth, like it would put a smile on your face or reveal just a slight thing about them. And I'm like, I am going to be able to like this game in spite of, you know, if it does have problems, in spite of those problems, if that element just gets better and better and it's better. It's hilarious, man. Yeah. After seeing Kingsley last night on the way home, I was like thinking about the game and I was like, you know, even if this game is a train wreck, I'm so hyped about the story and like being in that world with characters. Like if that shines through and is good then it'll all be worth it for me. I'm glad you're the video 50 minutes or whatever. Yeah. You hyped on that. And, and, you know, of course, Sick. it's it's hard to say anything definitively, you know, even though that was a, a long period of time. Uh, you know, maybe it, maybe it doesn't work as well in the actual game, or maybe it works even better. I don't know. But in that 50 minutes, yeah. I got a sense of their relationship, and I think that was incredible because I was worried that I would get the feeling of like no you have to watch the anime in order to appreciate this but it totally stood on its own and I wanted to see them interact more with each other cool wow yes you watched the whole 50 minutes I watched it last night at 3 in the morning and the thing is I told myself and I told the people I'm not going to watch it but we went to Kingslave last night and there was a fan that that said something it was like the opposite of the effect that he wanted he said don't watch it because it reveals this and then it just like planted a seed in my head where I'm like, well, now I have to know. <laughs> now I have to. And so I caved and I, I watched it. But, uh, but don't watch that 15 minutes. It is extremely spoilery. Don't do that. Uh, but We all make, make mistakes we after all make 2 a.m. It just happens. It does. Um, That's my dad says. He's like, never be out at 2 a.m. Only bad things happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do, I do want to commend... Uh, I, I've watched all four parts of the the anime so that, that have released so far and uh, I want to I, I do encourage any of you that are interested in Final Fantasy 15 or even like have a passing interest to, to check one of those out because is the anime before Kingsglaive yes well Time-wise. yes Timeline. it's before it's before Kingsglaive because what it does okay. is each individual episode focuses on a different character of that core party cool. and it goes into their backstory cool. so Pronto. again I don't think it's necessary to appreciate them but it shows I think how these characters aren't just, you know, Final Fantasy characters with crazy abilities and warping around. Like, the problems that they go through, and uh, I think the grace with, with... Like, the anime's not perfect, but uh, it gets emotional at certain moments. And you're like, this is what Final Fantasy is about, and you kind of feel that essence. Is it 2D? I really like I'm getting chills and, and the, this game. It's 2D, yeah. So it's, it's full-on 2D full on anime. straight-up anime. Uh, and the episodes aren't that long. They're only about 17 to 20 minutes. When so. 15 gets, like, high stakes... When any Final Fantasy gets high stakes, because you're so attached to those party members, mm-hmm. and when, like, you know, they're going above and beyond who they are, they're changing as characters, they're protecting each other. Yeah. So like, I now bet. that you're focused on just four instead of a huge cast, like, we are going to do... Uh, 
wouldn't be surprised if they just love these characters. Side yeah. bet. Prompto, How many will die? Prompto will die sacrificing himself to save Noctis. I hate these side bets. We can't ever redeem them. I yeah. yeah. I, do, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't. It's like not this. a real side bet. I'm just saying. I think it'll probably. Prompto happen. dies. Prompto no. or Gladiolus? They're all dying. Ooh, what if all they all die? Dude, if all of them dude. die, that would be sick. Yeah. Noctis. My favorite thing about Final oh. Fantasy 13 is the ending. I adore the ending of Final Fantasy 13. Whisper yeah. it to me. No. I'll love it well after the show. <laughs> it's too. I can't. It's not like a. It was just singing that too. Just those yeah. moments of like yeah. the party vibe, you know? Yeah. Party. Um party. I, I'm not I'm not saying Final Fantasy 15 is going to be an incredible game. I'm not saying it's going to be a terrible Kyle game. Is. I'm just saying there are things that I that I saw that for me personally really resonated and look super promising. It's going to be an incredible game that we are lucky to witness. Sure. Sure. Hey. We are fortunate to give sixty dollars to that game. Yeah. That's why I love Final Fantasy because like I love it. It's got that it. Call of Duty budget for a JRPG. Yeah. Like JRPGs are traditionally low, low to medium budget. Yeah. Like, Final Fantasy, I feel like, is one of the only ones, like not even Tales or Persona. Oh, absolutely. Where it's Final, not even close. Yeah, not even yeah. close. Where just this JRPG blockbuster. Train. Just, yeah. a, just massive a, yeah. budget. Yeah. And that's always exciting. Will Square Enix <laughs> go out of business if this game tanks? No. <laughs> no. They'll be fine, man. Really? That's what's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They've They're publishing Deus Ex. Hitman. Oh, yeah, I suppose I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Uh it is time to move on to emails. I just want to talk about Resident Evil Final Fantasy forever. So I H- want to do Hotake is over. <laughs> the Hotake has officially ended unless you guys want to bring I up was just anything gonna else. Ask, I, are we Kyle, we're not Kyle, talking about King's Glaive at all? We can. We can. I He's about to open an email. No, I feel no, 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 no. Yeah. I, I, the people want to know about Kingsglaive, so maybe we'll sacrifice some email time for Kingsglaive. All I have to say is narratively bizarre and visually incomprehensible. Give it a score. Three out of ten. Okay. Uh, uh, but but theater-going experience, ten out of ten. Absolutely. Yes. Like, like, I had a blast. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It's I a had a blast. Vibe. I loved this movie. Yes. It is terrible. It is terrible, and I loved I it. I loved it. It made no sense. Visually, like, I've never seen a movie so visually terrible in uh, my entire... Not, not, no, the graphics looked great. I'm just saying, like, the way that the shots yeah. and the camera moved and the editing, there were parts where Made you literally... Makes green grass look yeah. sterile. Makes green grass look like he, <laughs> he shoots everything on sticks. Yeah. Like... There were times where you literally could barely discern what was going on on screen. Sticks is an industry term for tripod. Tripod. (laughs) It's when the camera does it. Like, this show is shot on sticks because the camera never moves. We ain't green grassing all over the place. (laughs) Something that was frustrating about Kingsglaive is you always got the sense that a video game was attached, that there was information. Like, they they would hint at something or they would mention something or they would dig in just a little bit into and then move on like very very quickly and you're like no wait you you gotta you gotta give a little bit more time to that where i like i think the people making this movie are like well that's you know that's in the game it'll be i feel like watch it in a foreign language if you can (laughs) (laughs) it would probably make it better it would make it way better because some of the voice acting was 
beyond terrible, which, yeah, which was surprising. Terrible. But, but for like, such a high budget, like anime, I don't CG think I've movie. ever hated a character as much as I hate Libertalis or Crutches Libertalis. guy. Yeah, but the, the thing worst. is, the heavy him. hitters were good. Uh, Sean Bean, was solid. Sean, Sean Bean, Bean was probably the highlight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sean Bean was the highlight. Yeah. Uh, and the Chancellor guy. But there was the crow arm. so many... Oh, Chancellor was the best, for Yeah, sure. He wears this, like, leather yeah. crow arm. He was Incredible. so cool. Yeah. We don't know. Every time he was on the screen, I was like, you're sure. stealing this movie yeah. right now. And it's, like, not good. It's just, like, fun to watch this moron. Yeah. I love it. Oh, man. I think there were things in that movie that could have been really good that were just presented oh. at, like, the worst possible mm-hmm. moments. So... The, the main character, Nyx, is escorting a princess, and she has this hairpin in that was given to her as a gift, and he's like, wait, let me see that hairpin, and he's like, that's a tracking device, and by the way, while this is going on, they're being attacked by Diamond Weapon, this giant monster that's destroying everything, and he's looking, he says this, he's like, I think that might be a tracking device, and then he looks at Which it. Which he already knew. And then they, like, funny. sit down, and a piano starts playing, and he goes into, like, this really tragic story about his sister. No, it was the timing, though. No. It was, yeah, like, that's what he was total he silence, says, and it's yeah. like, let me tell you about my sister. Right. Bam! Everyone yeah. in the theater started cracking up. Yeah. We didn't hear what he said about yeah. her. It's like, you, you want that story. You want to know more about this character. It's just, like... Why slot this in here at exactly yeah. this moment? It was really bizarre. I yeah. mean, Very weird. that's just one thing to pluck out. But. There were just so many times when the, the audience laughed at it yeah, because yeah. of just the dialogue, the deliveries, the timing of things. So I think watch it, watching it in a foreign language would help ease... With your friends. ...pain. Yeah. Don't watch this movie alone. With but again, the... I came out... It, like like yeah. Ian said, it's a 3 out of 10, but I came out hyped... Up, I was out of control, hyped. That's what I was just going to say. I wanted to play the yeah. game. Like it out of the yeah. theater. <laughs> I was just like ready to go. I didn't sleep for the next like five hours because I had so much energy from just the vibe of this movie. It was just this train wreck, and I, I loved uh, it. For all my misgivings about the film, there was enough. There were enough seeds planted that I want to know more about that world. Yeah, you know, I think there are some interesting ideas there that could play out really well in the game, and that has me more excited than I've ever. And been. I super mm-hmm. need to buy an Audi. So. <laughs> and Beats, Beats by Dre, Dre. <laughs> alright Beats uh, by Dre and Audi's in the game get that you money you know Ian yeah. I, I'm glad you, you said that I'm glad we got some Kings Cave <laughs> I Kings feel like we had talks. to mention we it. had to we had we to mention had it to. totally you're, it's you're too glorious right. not to talk about uh, are we ready for yeah. emails are we good do we feel ready for emails Kyle I have to ask we, mm-hmm. do you feel un Filled by the Hotake? did you want more Hotake? I don't think any of us spit any controversial opinions is the problem Okay. I feel like I said some I, like political. You know, I, I think that's like a that's like sure. a running gag of the show uh-huh. is uh, Somebody's... multiple times they'll say, "All right, it's gonna get heated," and they're and like, "Yeah, doesn't. I see your point." Somebody yeah. throws some shade yeah. at Resident Evil Seven. Just give it to me. I'd... It, it, it looks like look Atlas. It looks bad. It looks bad. I think I like the way it, it looks like a cheap bad game. You're right. I, can't I can argue say something it. real controversial. It does look not yeah, very good. Well, let's let's do it. Let's drop some bombs. Here's a controversial. It's an anecdote, not really related to this, but. It was a moment that I had that was very sad to myself. I saw someone linked on my Facebook a, an article about a guy who was writing into r slash legal advice. Hmm. And the story starts with him saying, like, a year ago I had a minor DV incident with my girlfriend where I hit her. So he's already underselling, like, domestic, domestic violence. Okay. DV. Domestic violence, right. And wow. he goes so on even to, this, to abbreviate it is already being right, yeah. yeah, yeah. I get but, that. But, like, he goes on to say, like, all this stuff about how... 
um, they moved two months ago, and she was like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll handle the rent. I'll handle the lease. I've got all the bills. Like, don't don't sweat it. I've, I've got it under control, right? So then he's like, a couple weeks ago, we got into an argument, and the police were called, and nothing happened. Everything's fine. It was just verbal, whatever. And now her, a lawyer called me. She's not at home, and a lawyer called me and told me I have 45 days to get out of the house because I'm a sub lessee, and I legally not involved in this apartment whatsoever the landlord doesn't even know i'm there and she's technically the landlord and then he's just like he's just like uh can and and the land the lawyer has to go on a on a thing like a walkthrough of this apartment whatever tra la la and um and he's like can she do this is this kosher and so like the reason it was linked was because the comment section didn't turn to vile garbage literally every single person in the comment section was just like no, yeah, she's she's a badass and correct, and she did this in the best possible way, <laughs> and you are an abusive monster and should seek help. Um, Millennials. And, and like, you, you've done it. This is, you're the bad guy here. And he's like, no, but she can't just do this. And they're like, no, she absolutely can, and she's doing the best possible way to do this because it sounds like things were risky for her, and the wor most dangerous time in leaving a violent relationship is the end. Like, when you say I'm leaving, because, you know, the guy gets all controlling scary. and upset. Yeah, and scary. So scary. And so, like, the the reason I'm bringing this up, and I'm sorry this is taking so long, but, like, the reason I'm bringing this up is I was shocked and amazed that no one in the comments section turned against a woman automatically and said they wanted to rape and murder her. Whereas, like, and I'm like, we live in a world where that shocks me. It makes me very depressed. And, and I'm just like... In the internet, it's terrifying. And Taking I, like, a turn on there. Where I was like... For the good. Where I was impressed at a comment section for not turning vile, like they're going to on me for saying this. Um, <laughs> no, like, the allies. No, the allies Love are great. Respect. Actually, yeah, our, yeah, our community is by and large wonderful. But like... So I'm not directing this at, at the viewers. I'm saying like... It, just, it was shocking to me and refreshing, but in a sad way. Can something be like depressingly refreshing? You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Look at this as good. Yeah. Now it's changing. Maybe we're moving toward that, yeah. you know? I do think that our community is really good, though. They have I agree. interesting questions always. They always like just emails. Submit. Yeah, yeah. Kyle's trying to bail us out. Ian, I, I love you, but <laughs> when we were like, there were no controversial opinions, I was like, oh, man, Ian's got the best controversial opinion on one of these three games that we talked yeah. about. <laughs> and they're no. like, whoa, whoa, we're launching somewhere else. Yeah. I'm like, Gamer is bad. Ha -ha. We're going somewhere else. Hate me on Twitter. Tell me to kill myself. Mm. No, hey. I, it's all right, man. It's all right. It's all right. Our first email Controversy. comes in from hope Phoenix anyway. Doss. <laughs> Says, hey guys, I was on Reddit recently. No, uh, <laughs> hey allies, you know most successful games usually have clones made after them, like Mortal Kombat had Way of the Warrior and others. What's your favorite clone game? Good Mine? question. Ooh. Yeah, this is a great question. Mine is Skitchin on Genesis. Yes, Skitchin. I love Skitchin. Yes. I love Skitchin. Yes. Oh my God. Right, Skitchin rules. <laughs> it was a clone of Road Rash, yes. but on rollerblades. Skitchin is God, so good. So I guess I guess Skitchin might be your Skitchin favorite clone. Skitchin so rules. <laughs> Let's rules. play Skitchin for real. Sure. Oh. Uh, I got an easy answer to this one. It's Crash Team Racing. Uh, this is the Crash Bandicoot kart game that holds up and might it competes with the best of Mario Karts. It's a very very good game. Sonic and Also uh, Racing Transformed also very good. Sure. Kind of going along the same lines. I really like Diddy Kong Racing as sure. well. Or, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat on this kind of I'm gonna say Yakuza Shenmue clone. Oh, that's cheating! <laughs> I don't even Come think on, that's man. I don't even think that's accurate. 
But sure. I just want to talk Would about it. Would Mortal Kombat be a yeah, Street Fighter? You got, you got Shinmu and Yakuza in yeah. there. Boom. Boom. Yeah, like we're a, good. Yeah, we're good. I definitely feel like there's been times, though, where I've said, like, hey, even if it's a bad version of this game, I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what, I, what am I thinking of? I what know, are those I types know, of know. games? This is, t- this is tricky. It's a cool question. I feel like there's so many in the beat uh, uh, Dark genre. Forces, I think, counts as a Doom kind of clone. Hmm. Quake was kind of a Doom clone. I mean, everything no. was kind of a Doom clone. Yeah, there were so many coming out, dude. I don't think I don't think Quake counts. I mean, I guess that's Quake's where you draw the line, because like Mortal Kombat sort of came after Street Fighter, right? Yeah, but but they're I mean, so I, I think no, I know, a... but like they're different intentionally. They're like we're gonna be the super gory version of Street Fighter. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? So it's like where do you draw that line? Chex Quest, Chex Quest. Chex I loved Chex Quest with all my heart, and that is a Doom clone. And I loved it, and it's based on a serial. The remastering Chex Quest. What? What was that? Yeah, I think really? like the original guy, the original dude who made that. Full playthrough. Like, oh, Ian full playthrough. Full playthrough Chex Quest. It's actually a good game. Dude, Chex Quest is awesome. I, I might be being unfair here, and I, well, I'm not might be. I am totally being unfair here, but I think uh, the 2013 Tomb Raider uh, is a clone of what? Itself? Uh, very. Very comparable to, not a clone of, oh. but very comparable to Uncharted. Yeah. Not a clone of. Oh, you're going to get some comments for that. Yeah. Buddy. open up. No, 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 they're no. all mad at me. Don't worry about it. Sure. <laughs> they're all pissed at me now. Someone's pissed I, about the Yakuza thing is, is, The thing is, is I, I say that and like I immediately feel bad because that's totally inaccurate. So <laughs> They're so different. Yeah, you're right. They're, they are so <laughs> they're different. So different. <laughs> they're so different. Horizon is I think that was trying to make something out of nothing. It was. Yeah, yeah I said Yakuza and Shemir, man. Sure, say what you want. Sure, I, I think I was reaching for something and I came to a bad place. Our yeah. reach alarm just went off. I'm going to say... Uh, That's our coffee. Oh. <laughs> Punisher. The beat-em-up. Yeah. Whoa. The Punisher beat-em-up is very similar to Streets of Rage. They're very similar. Okay. I, I hear the stretch alarm still going off right now. The it's Simpsons, a stretch. Simpsons are I'm just it's Yeah, because it's a beat-em-up. Like, if it's in a genre, it doesn't count as a clone. Yeah. I'm just sitting over here. This is a hard question. It's a really hard, is really hard question. It's a hard question. I, I think we just keep failing at it. Yeah. I don't think we've provided a ton of I feel emotionally upset. And, and, Let's and get one. I feel Let's bad for, work like, as a group. derailing this... this Thing and making it all political and weird. What can, what? So I'm sorry about that. It's I who asked for a, hot, a hotake. Yeah, it was. It's my fault, really. The controversy. And well, it was something I was thinking about. Yeah. Our next Tal- email. Is Talos Principle a portal clone? No. no. Okay. No, no. I never no. played Talos. No. Principle. See, we're just. This is just the point where we anger people. I think. Sleeping Dogs. GTA I clone. That, I count it. Uh, I'm gonna count that. Count it. Let's count that. Uh, I don't know. Like, I get you. I get you. But this I don't so know. Much, this is so much easier in movies. Like, Ants, better movie than Bugs Life. Whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> watch him again. Banjo-Kazooie season watch really again. Is Ants really a better movie than Bugs Life? Bugs Life is not no, a great no. movie. No. Bugs Life is not a great movie. I don't think either of them are that Diddy great. Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> We've come full circle. It's yeah. just been... Okay. Wait, that, that was the, that what you that was That's what ben, I said. That's oh, okay. Well, then besides... We we it's all the way around. Abort. Bail out. It's time for the next question. Ripcord. Uh, our next it. email comes in from Alexander. It's titled, Enjoying <laughs> Deaths. I don't like dying in games because I don't have much time to play and I want to move forward without losing progress. Mm. But when I played Doom's campaign, I found myself actually enjoying deaths. Because they gave an op- me an opportunity to kill even more demons, which is super fun. Is there a time you've ever enjoyed dying in a video game? 
Always. Ben, can I tell you something behind the scenes? Yes. Uh, I got this one for the Easy Allies podcast. It didn't have time for it. It was on my like short list of things I pulled. Okay. I'm so glad we got to this question. I love this question. Kyle. Nice. I'm glad that we didn't have a repeat question, but that absolutely drives me insane when people, like, I get why they do it. I get when they're like, hey, I'm going to, you know, ask my question on both the Easy Allies Min-max. podcast and Frame Trap to, like, yeah. increase my chances. It makes sense. Yeah. But, like, I don't Split always push. have time to watch the Easy Allies podcast, and so oh, I don't always know have what one. questions there are, so there's there's going to be a time if people keep doing that where mm-hmm. we just cover the same ground. Um, but it'll, totally be, it'll be different takes. It different will be takes. different takes. It yeah. will be different takes. I just... And hopefully at least yeah. one panelist was on the episode. Yeah, sure. For the question... Yeah, there's got to be overlap. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I always love dying. All this right. is a very big question for yes. me. You always love dying? Yeah. Like <laughs> no, if you I, don't. No, you don't. If I don't... Ben or no, Saga. No, you don't. No. <clears throat> so it, it has to do with stakes, and that's something that's so important to me in video games, where if I can just <laughs> if I just plow through a game and I'm not dying, there's no risk, therefore there's no reward for me. Like, Witcher was kind of like that, where I was just so powerful that I didn't really care about combat combat was like i right, just get through it versus you know doom or, or like it's why i play video games on hard is because when i die it makes the world and everything i do that much more important especially with like games where you level up if you're dying in a game where you level up and like each time i level up i feel more you, rewarded i feel more powerful and it's like more meaningful do you ever feel cheated with death though where like there's, there's oh, a problem course. okay I mean, this is such a. This could be an hour-long discussion because sure. it's such a fine balance. Absolutely. Dying I mean, like, in a game like Dark Souls yeah, versus Dark dying Souls. in a game but, like Ninja but I, Gaiden. I think what the question asked for, and I think what makes it slightly like even more interesting, is like what was a time where your enjoyment of the game like dramatically improved because of something that Death did? Like, okay, you know, like a specific example you can pin it down. Mm-hmm. I love dying here, and I, I think a game that springs to mind immediately for me is Super Meat Boy. Mm. Uh. Because that is a, that is a game where you're not supposed to die, but the way that it is structured is death is so expected that they make restarting instantaneously. They show you all of the different meat boys where you die. Like it's built into the process of playing the game and learning that that like once you click with that, once you recognize it, uh, that is part of the joy because most of the time death teaches you something and then you can just instantly react to it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it makes that process enjoyable. If there was like a life system or something or a delay between when you died and when you could respawn, I think it would be totally gone. So, the worst the worst games to die like Uncharted 4 or something where it's like you die and then it means you just have to do something lame over again, you know? Mm-hmm. Or like a game where like you're at a frustrating part and you the worst crime in a game to me is when you know what must be done to move forward and you just have to beat your head against a wall to do it. That's the worst. Whereas, like, Dark Souls, I know it feels like that to some people, but Dark Souls, I think every death is a lesson, and yep. you grow. love dying in those yeah. games. Those are the ones that I like to die in. I don't know. I think death is so cool in Dark Souls because when you don't die, you feel so good. Yeah. It feels so good. Well, and then there's like the beating tension. a boss. Nothing like beating a boss on the first try in a Souls game. Mm-hmm. Nothing like it. Going through that fog door, you've had the long journey to it, you're running low on items, you're running low on, like, recovery stuff. It's like, all right, let's do it, and just getting through that. Oh, my God. That's because all of the deaths before. After you've beaten a boss, and you have, like, no healing items and really low health, and then there's that door. Yep. And you're like, 
Yeah. Do I go through that door? Yeah. I'm carrying all the souls. Yeah. You don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, like it's funny in Bloodborne, I I beat the witch, and right after her, you just it's just one room, and you yeah. get the rune and then leave. Oh yeah. And I went all the way back to the dream, and then came all the way back just to walk down a hallway and get an item and then leave again. And I was like, That's oh, funny. but I was you know I was like I made the right choice. I didn't regret it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just to answer real quick, mm-hmm. I, I hate dying. I hate repeating things that I've done. I hate like getting better at that one moment is like it's less natural to me it's less honest and so yeah to be honest with you uh repeating segments is never a joy for me almost yeah but then, I, I i understand that what about like tetris? i get it i get it hate it huh nithog if you die that means you won so you like like uh nice <laughs> you like like jones says this jones loves feeling like a god in video games sure i i can understand that um I don't like. I, I think not dying cheapens it for me, and feels unnatural, because you're so powerful. Oh, I don't want to be so powerful. Like you want to struggle but not die. I mean, that's obviously the no, perfect no, no. balance. Hating dying is good. It's yeah. good that you hate to die. Mm-hmm. I. The, it's good that the the path back through is painful. I just don't like doing that. <laughs> the moments when you die in a game and you have to hear characters repeat the same lines or the worst is when you have to watch a rather lengthy cutscene and you can't skip it. Like, it just totally devalues that story moment. Yeah. Like, that story moment doesn't mean anything if it's just going to keep repeating. It loses the effect and becomes hollow. And I do, I do hate that very much. Um, we're going to just do one more email. I think we're going to make the emails a little bit shorter today. Okay. Um, Sorry. We've got, unfortunately, we do have to short Every shoot time. tabletop. It's still... It's still been a two-hour episode, so it's still been... A, a we could have do, done three more emails if I didn't tell my Reddit story. No, it's okay. Ben, now you, I should know what do a, uh, you should do an all-email episode call. one time. Yeah, I think we are going to do Mailbag. that um, once, we, once we get to a Milestone or nice. if there's a slow week. Definitely an all-email episode is something I'm thinking of. So there are going to be no more slow weeks for the rest of the year, though. This year is so good. But even if we hold off on an all-email episode to like, January... Yeah. Okay. I feel yeah, like yeah. September is kind of slow this year. It, now it is. It, yeah. yeah, it got a lot more <laughs> yeah. slow. Yeah, for sure. October, November. October will be slow once <laughs> Last Guardian is delayed again. Um, our last VR question. Um, oh yeah, right. Is from Etienne. I no, probably Et- Etienne. Etienne. Okay, thank you, Ian. Uh, he, you're gonna love this one, Kyle. Ooh. Hey, Easy Allies. I've always been a console gamer, but lately I've been on the fence. This is because PCs are outperforming consoles in terms of graphics and frame rates, and experiences like VR look better on PC. PCs also have a larger library of cheaper games and overall seem like the better value proposition. This is a three-part question. Have any of you found yourself transitioning to playing more games on PC versus a console? What is your best argument for remaining a console game? If you have one, you don't have to have one. Uh, lastly, what VR headset are you guys most excited for? This is a question I love because yeah, this, is okay. a, this is a brutal question. I bought a big expensive PC yeah. when we started doing this whole stuff so I can edit at home. Uh, and now I have the capabilities of running high-end computer games at frame rates you couldn't imagine. <laughs> and I don't. So smug. Yeah. I still buy them so on my console. Smug. Really? My friend was so mad at me. Uh, and I, have, that, I have the exact opposite experience yeah i could be paying them i could be buying cheaper games it's like oh look at steam man all these games are two bucks it's like i just don't i don't do it i have it it's there 
and I just don't care for it. I don't we care for it. We gotta get you a PC exclusive I, we need a better We gotta chair. get you so, into, uh, like, why? Blizzard. When I played inside, when I played inside, it was on the PC. I bought it on PC and hooked it up to my TV, yeah. and, like, that was that. I did that. Why do you prefer <laughs> playing games on console? Um, that's a terrific question. I guess I have an inner hatred for the PC, a distrust. I, if... I right-click on something in the start menu, and the menu doesn't appear just because, like, hey, man, that's just Windows right now. If you refresh, it'll come back. That irritates me beyond belief. Mm. There's just so many weird little PC-ness uh, of, of an operating system, of, of just things that don't work. I've just grew up throughout my entire life with PCs that didn't work. Getting a PC game for Christmas that won't run on my computer and not <laughs> being able to understand why not. Like, just having that throughout my entire life has just warped my mind into thinking this is an evil machine that sits in my living room. It's going to break. This thing will break eventually. Everything on it will go away, and I have to just buy a new one. I have the most love-hate relationship with PC. It's kind of like Nintendo, actually. Sure. <laughs> That's just a hate relationship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love Nintendo. Um, to just... Hey, I love Nintendo. That sounds like a politician. I am not a crook. That I sounds like when Donald Trump Nintendo. says, uh, believe me. You just like add, tacked it onto a yeah. You're just like, nope. I believe don't. me. I know Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> um, grew up with PCs. Uh, for people that don't know the story, Rainbow Six One was a life-changing moment where I couldn't run the game. I bought the game. I didn't know why the hell not. Why, why it wouldn't work. Yeah. Did the research. Had to go buy a NVIDIA... GT something or other. I forget which one it was. It was a long time ago. Uh, bought a graphics card and didn't look back. Um, and that really changed my life and the way I looked at games for a long time because I was playing things like Counter-Strike, StarCraft, um, playing vastly superior versions of games that like Max Payne is a huge example of the PC version versus the PS2 version when it came out or Half-Life, or Deus Ex, a number of games where the PC version was so far ahead of the console version that I played everything on PC except console exclusives. And it is a completely different thing today where console now is the main focus and PC is an afterthought. And that's just the way it is. Like, PC apologists will say otherwise, will say, oh, the PC version's better, it's better, it's better. Like... Deus Ex Mankind Divided coming out is such a prime example where that core team is working on the console version and a third party that isn't even in the same building is working on the PC version. Whereas the Heritage yeah. was we're building this game on PC. Yeah, yeah I get that. And that just feels so wrong to me. It right. just, it's, it's upsetting. Um, so, and another, a, a, big, a big thing too is online like PCs used to be this online place whereas consoles weren't yeah. and that was a place to hang out uh, hang out in Vent, hang out in Battle.net and, and that whereas now when I play a PC game sometimes I feel more disconnected from my friends in a weird way like when I'm on Steam I only have a couple buddies on there um, and, and it feels more of a personal closed off thing than when I'm on PSN and, and my friends list is popping uh, off and there's like 40 people online. There's way more people online PSN than my Steam's list. That cannot but, be argued. No, I'm not arguing it. I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing it. I'm <laughs> saying, Ben, you. 
Coming to you, I'm man. That's an issue. That's an issue of engagement, right? Like when I get on Steam, there there are more people in my Steam. Let's just have added more. Like, you know, that's a very anecdotal thing. I do agree that PC games like. You've, it feels like you weirdly have like so many friends list to manage. Like I've got a Battle.net friends list. It yeah. seems friend list. That's, like, that's the thing. Like you've got like me. so many different services with so many different friends lists. Yeah. That that lack of unification can be a little frustrating sometimes. Like so, I didn't. Well I was going to buy. Well I was going to buy Mirror's Edge Catalyst and then straight up didn't because I didn't want to get Origin because I was like I just don't sure. want another stupid thing. Yeah. When you've got ten of them already, adding yeah. another one. And I can't remember the last time I heard where the the. Uh, like, we've heard so many horror stories of PC versions broken, Arkham Knight broken, yeah. like, No Man's Sky but, but broken. But not even just, like, broken where it's, like, frustratingly inferior, unplayable. Unplayable Like, we games. have to take this off the store page yes. because it, it doesn't work at yes. all in yeah. any capacity. Yeah. Uh, the funny, it, I, it makes me sick. Funny, funny thing with No Man's Sky is, like, Omar w- waited and got it on the PC thinking, you know, it's going to be way better on PC. I've been yeah. playing it, like, I'm basically done with it on PS4. And, yeah, it crashes with, you know, probably alarming frequency. Maybe six, seven times it's crashed on sure. my PS4. But it runs great on there. Uh, Omar, like, I was watching him play it and it ran like garbage. And, like, he has a good PC and it's yeah. just, like, stuttery and, like, stuff didn't work. And, like, it was... And, like, obviously they've been trying to address that, but... I was actually talking to Jason Wishnov uh, yesterday about that issue, uh, and he he's a he makes games. He made There Came an Echo and some other stuff, and um, he was saying like that's so weird to him because you're making these games on PCs, you know, mm-hmm. and then to to test it on the PS4, it's like a thing. You got to like output it to the. Th- I mean, I don't understand how any of this works, and don't don't go after him if I say this wrong. But like, you have to like output a version and then try it on the PS4. And it's just so weird, like, why wouldn't it, you know, this is my own thinking, like, why wouldn't it just be better on the PC regardless? I think PCs just have so many variables. Yes. Because there are too many variables. It's yeah. like yeah, when Respawn was, was talking yeah. about Titanfall 2 and why the beta right now isn't on PC. Right. Right. It's like, hey, we're not there yet. We're not testing all those variables yeah, with the game see? yet. It's the same reason that Android phones get worse games, because, like, they're all different. I think you guys are, are bringing up a lot of very valid points and regarding the frustration of PC gaming. Uh absolutely i i do think the the shitty console ports is terrible i do think all the different services you have to get if you want to play a specific game can be very frustrating um just it not working and you not knowing why is extremely frustrating but it's it's getting to the point like i don't like the argument where game consoles are just plug and play because like i feel like across my xbox one playstation 4 and wii u i have so many weird little problems specific mm-hmm. to each individual problem console like I really hate the eShop interface on, on Wii U. Like, I, I hate navigating it. It's a oh, pain yeah, every it's time. A I generally don't like the user interface on Xbox One. Like, just getting to my stuff sometimes feels like a huge hassle. I, for whatever reason, PSN can just be absolutely atrociously terrible and mm-hmm. slow for no reason when none of my other services, other consoles. Like, you, I think you, like, if you were to put it all on a piece of paper and do pluses and minuses, I think. Like, my pluses and minuses for PC would probably be, like, very comparable to my pluses and minuses for each individual console. I think the most logical decision is PC. I agree. It's the most logical. You want to play the best possible version of those games, and eventually those will be on PC. Yeah. And the most games... Yeah, sometimes you'd have to wait. I mean, when I built my PC, I had the exact opposite thing of yours. I didn't turn my PS4 on for months. Yeah. Like, until No Man's Sky came out. 
you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, like the best version of Metal Gear Solid Five is on PC. Best version of Witcher Three is on PC. Right, best and so right. If you just love I've those things, I almost bought it like four times. If you want that best version, that's on PC. The other thing about PC that I really love is I I think. PC gets the best independent titles that are coming out all the time. Yeah. You know, you get your Starbounds, you get your Slime yeah. Ventures. You they get... come to PS4 or Xbox One so late. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're honestly, like, nine times out of ten, infinitely better yeah. on PC. And I, I feel like you just have such a diversity of things uh, on PC, way more so than you do mm-hmm. on consoles, Plus you generally. Plus, can, you can create things with and it, mods too. And mods and everything. Yeah, for sure. Like, you can for write sure. on it, you can make games on it you can edit video on it that's what gets me is when premiere starts acting squirrely i'm like oh boy i'm like i've got a top of the line ass pc like you know i mean like it's not an editing pc with like six thousand dollar video cards whatever but like attainable to a normal human being on a normal budget yeah i've got about the best like i don't have a 1070 or whatever but i've got a 980 and like there's no re i have 32 gigs of ram there's no reason premiere shouldn't be running oh boy right now gets me steamed it makes me very upset. Yeah. I like, I like, get physically like ill. I'm like, why? What is wrong with you, Premiere? I love this program. Paying the paying the Adobe Creative Cloud subscription was the best decision I've ever made. I love those programs, but oh, mm-hmm. when they don't work, yeah, I get so depressed. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, you're you're struggling to play MP4 footage out of a handy cam, like, like yeah, I get that this is an hour long take, whatever, but like, goddamn. This should not be hard for you. Like, if it weren't for Blizzard, then, like, I don't know what the hell I would do on my PC, honestly. Like, real what about time. Deus Ex? What about Deus Ex? Of course, I'm playing on PC. I mean, PC. I guess you're not a huge Civ guy. Civ yeah. Six, dude, I'm so jazzed. Like, real time strategy will always be home on the PC, and, yeah, like, it has its certain genres. I, on, and I'm but not, like, I'm not trying shooters? to come at you, but I. I feel like there are probably just a ton of weird little PC games that you should give a try and then yeah. see how you feel about them. Like Banner Saga. Yeah. Yeah. Kickstarter, baby. Things. Like, you know, Homeworld. Darkest Dungeon. Give it a shot. Played on PC. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stanley Parable, I'm still waiting to play. That's Stanley one that everyone's fantastic. just like, dude, you would Stan- love Stanley Parable. You would Parable. like Stanley yeah, yeah. You would either love Stanley Parable or despise it. Okay. Uh, but I need to play you. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you need to play that. You can play it in like an hour and three. Yeah, that's actually kind of a long game. Four hours, maybe? It's, okay. I mean... Variable. Variable. I have could, console games I have to get through first. Oh. Well, it's uh, just, Ben, don't you feel, like, bound, somewhat betrayed by the yeah. industry? Because I know you grew up with, <laughs> with PC, right. with PC games. Don't you feel, like, the, like I'm speaking from the heart here, where, like... Yeah, absolutely. Growing up with, like, Soldier of Fortune, even, on PC, like... The glory freaking days of PC. I I don't. I it There's is no the, the thing though. is is I don't I don't think it's a betrayal. I just think <laughs> it's a shift. I just think the way PC games come out and how they're perceived and what the market wants is just a different time. I don't necessarily think it is definitively worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, some people a... would argue that Counter Strike is is better than it's ever been. I'm not saying I personally agree with that. But think about how much different Counter-Strike is today than it was back then, and it's because it's responding to what's going well, on Well, and right just, now. like, think about technology. Like, the glory days that you're describing of PCs, like, when we all just built PCs in our bedrooms for fun or whatever and go to LAN parties and stuff, like... I miss LAN parties. The, the console <laughs> technology was here, and PCs spiked and were way up here, and then they were plateauing, but consoles, you know, the technology's yeah. been going up, and Online. they're, like, you know, they're, like, basically on par... For the normal, you know, stuff like consoles are maybe a little under, 
PCs, but, there's, but like, there's almost never a PC game now where you'd, you'd say there's no way you could see right, that on a console. Right, like, yeah, because yeah. like they got to put it on console. Crisis well, back in the day, Crisis One. That's the thing now is that because the technology went in that way and the pricing is such that you can buy a PS4 for 300, 400 bucks, whatever, and a PC like entry level PC that to get on par with a PS4, I don't know, 700 bucks low mm-hmm. end, oh. you know, like. And that that computer would be not be good, and yeah. it would be it would be outmoded almost instantly. Like it already is because you spent seven hundred dollars on it. like paying twice the amount for a worse machine. It's just it doesn't make sense. So like the consoles, jet, like obviously more people have access to consoles, so they've got to make games for consoles. And so it's it's like a win. It's like a kind of a you know you got a the devil you know kind of a situation where like. I would rather have video games exist and be geared toward consoles because they got to make their money back because more people have consoles mm-hmm. than for them to just say, like, no, high-end machines only, you know, like, whatever, like, whatever it would be. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a drag that, like, our PCs aren't being utilized because games are made for the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One. But on the other hand, it's like, that game exists, you know? I don't know. People are trying to make one. money. People got to make money. That's the yeah, the battlefield thing. numbers were staggering to me. It was like ten percent, I think, or like eight percent of battlefield four players were PC. Wow, that, and battlefield That's is like big. such but, a PC franchise. But the, but the thing is, is like yes, totally, I get that, and I understand that that legacy. But it's like battlefield comes out, and let's say it's great on PC and it's great on consoles. Like doesn't doesn't everybody win? Isn't it better for this thing to grow and thrive in all environments? Of course. Than to just double down on something for the sake of it. You know what I mean? I'm not. The thing that bums me out if about... If the PC version comes out and it sucks, that's a totally different Right, story. yes. Yeah. The thing that bums me out is, like... I mean, I haven't played the Overwatch... Yeah, Battlefield 4 on PC? PS4 version, but, like... Overwatch is great on PC. I've heard decent things about it on PS4, but it split my friend group. Like, yeah. half of my friends are playing it on PS4, and I just never am going to play with them. Yep. And that's kind of a bummer. And, like, yeah, you can't really play Twitch shooters on console and PC. It would be It ridiculous. would be a disaster. Like, yep. yeah. But, you know, that, that kind of sucks, you know. But whatever. Man. What were the other things? VR. There are like three VR. other prongs to this question. Well, what VR headset are you most looking forward yeah. to? I mean, I, the Vive is the best one from mm-hmm. what I've experienced, but the PSVR is going to be the most attainable and uh, most supported. I would say, uh, not yeah. by facts, not by numbers, but by well-packaged games. I would say it will be which the PSVR. PSVR. Yeah, I think it'll. Excludes. I think yeah. it'll. It'll dep- like those at, out the gate. It'll probably have. <laughs> Good support, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of them are going to be late. Guys, one I, cool thing is Bound is getting a VR update the minute VR yeah. comes out. That's cool. Right. So back to Resident Evil 7 now cool that we're talking about VR. That's most of the stuff on Vive, you know? Yeah. But I just think, yeah, it's going to be which one has better games. And eventually none of them will, so. <laughs> uh, I think I think I'm excited for PSVR. Not necessarily that I, I think it's going to be the best VR experience, but like Kyle said, I, you know, I think... a that's where a lot of the deals are going to be made for franchises that I really care about. That's where Resident Evil 7 is. Right. But you're, but I'm worried. I you're going to play the I, shit out of that. This is, this is an unfair comparison that I think you could easily counter, but I'm worried that the, the PlayStation VR is going to feel a lot like the move, where because of install base, yeah. they're only going to be able to half support it, and because of that half support, it's eventually just going to fall off and that's, die. That's what I 100% think will happen. It's expensive. Like, it's very expensive. It's very expensive. If and they, I, wanted, like, it to, if they so wanted it to be a much. huge success, they would have had to find a way to get it at $200, I think. Are like, they that's still out the price point. 
Like through the year? Oh, I mean, the... Like, am I able to get one? So I was at a game stop, and uh, they said, uh, yeah, we're doing pre-orders. Uh, tomorrow morning we're going to open up, and we have two. And <laughs> so I think that uh, they just didn't have a lot of pre-orders. You know, they just didn't put out a lot. Yeah. And so maybe they didn't know how many they're actually shipping this year. I think they're going to be pretty hard to find. I just need one by January. January 24th. Yep. That's the thing is like I'm waiting until then to buy one. It's gonna be a weird, mad rush to get them, and then there's gonna be nothing to do with it. Batman. Batman. Which Batman? Batman, Batman, Batman VR. VR. Yeah, that'll be like an hour long thing. It'll be three. But I will spend probably twenty in there. Yeah. It's very cool to be if Batman. If Valkyrie is a launch title for the PSVR, that'll be really good for them. Yeah, I but, think uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, if you want to send in a question, please email askeasyallies at gmail.com. Thank you guys so Just much, panel, for being as impassioned and interesting and unwieldy as always. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, if you want to find more about us, go to easyallies.com. You can see all of the latest videos that we've posted on YouTube. We're there. You can see our Twitch stream schedule, all that good stuff. Please go to easyallies.com. And if you'd like to support us, help us continue what we're doing. If you like what you see, uh, please consider supporting us on Patreon. But until next time.